Today on the Region Free Gamers podcast, we thought we had all the answers, and then our listeners gave us more questions. Hello everyone, welcome to the Region Free Gamers podcast, the podcast Fluent in Gaming. My name is Paul Romalo, and with me today... Out of Miami, Florida, Mr. Ozzy Garcia. It never feels right to be the first one to go, so I'm just going to say hi because I have nothing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure we, we hit you last next time. Always, always. That's where yeah. I feel comfortable. <laughs> Out of uh, Rhode Island, Arnaldo Perez. How are you now, Paul? Uh, doing well, and you? Oh, not so bad. <laughs> and uh, out of the Bronx, Mr. Anthony Ariaga. Briex, I am poor and pre- Ordered. That's right. Oh man, <laughs> Good oh to man. Go. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that in a second. Uh, the yeah, uh, the my... whole pre-order situation. We... It's, it's it's very amusing actually seeing just which of us <laughs> pre-ordered the next gen consoles and which of us <laughs> just suck at doing it. But just so everybody knows, today's episode. I mean, it's in the description. I don't think anybody actually presses play on an episode without knowing what it is. But today we're answering questions from our mailbag right. that. All of you have been so kind to send us. And uh, before we even get to that, though, got to say thanks to everyone for supporting us, doing the subscribing and the reviewing and all that good stuff. And a special thanks to our patrons on Patreon. Uh, So far, we've had James, uh, John, and João join us for live recordings on Twitch. I think the only person we've missed on the live shows is, and I love this guy, the Birdman himself, Coco Beware. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's he's missed them all i'm i'm dying to see him on one of them um but yeah <laughs> the streaming point. and the recording live has been a yeah. whole ton of fun so uh, yeah. thanks again to our 20,000 downloads baby 20,000 downloads 20k how did that I happen mean, well my I mother mean... is very persistent in listening to this show <laughs> <laughs> so are we big now is that is that uh the official threshold that we have to pass in order <laughs> no, to consider no, ourselves no, kind of think, a big uh, deal I think 50k might be one where I actually like that. That might be the one where I actually tell my parent, like, tell my mom that I'm doing this. Like, hey, mom, 50k, but until 50k, she's just gonna like make fun of me. It, it's that is true. It's, now that you mentioned that, Paul, and I know that this this episode warning everyone, this is gonna be a very rambly episode. Not only because it's a mailbag episode and all bets are off, but also because we're recording this at night and I have a corona with me and. <laughs> this, filthy drunk it's 2020 um but it's funny that you mentioned that because i had not eaten i had finished work i was trying to rush to get the episode going and i go to my mom and i'm like hey do you have any food you know and she said yes it's like i have to leave because i have to keep working i couldn't bring myself to say mom i have this thing with my friends where i talk about games for two and a half hours and that's the reason why i can't spend more time with you um, we'll see that's so. because it's going to become a whole conversation like that's not a two-minute exactly. conversation yeah no no that's not like what is a podcast that's exactly the next question that's going to come up <laughs> so i don't want to go through that so my family just think that once in a while i just have to work very late Fair enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's but at believable. fifty thousand downloads, at fifty k, you're gonna be like, "Hey guys, I gotta go." <laughs> yeah. Gotta <laughs> at fifty k, yeah, yeah, that's the moment that you quit your job. Um, 
<laughs> oh my god, my wife would kill me so fast if I, if I just quit. <laughs> F50k downloads. Like I've got, I've got life insurance. She knows yeah. what it's all about. <laughs> uh, all right, Paul. But yeah, what are we who, doing anyhow. Today, <laughs> Why are we here? You know, like speaking of Patreon earlier and people watching us on screen on stream. The first thing John says on stream is, "Yo, who ordered the Xbox today?" And Anthony, uh, are you the only one? I guess I, I am. Look right? at you. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm the only one. You filthy whore. <laughs> By the way, also, who ordered the PS5? Am I still the only one? Really? <laughs> exactly. We're all looking at you. I, I ordered the Xbox, baby. I ordered the Xbox One by accident. So as, that was as, as Ozzy put it, I, I got that fat whap, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that wild ass pre-order, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, honestly, man. I'm just seeing everyone go through this travails, this moments of intense suffering, and I'm just thinking, God, am I glad I'm not <laughs> part of that? <laughs> I'm really glad I'm not part of that herd. Oh um, man, I kind I, of it's um, well, it, it's funny because like the the PS5, um, I I was caught off guard like everyone else was, right? Because they they were just kind of like, yeah, it's dropping tomorrow, and then all of a sudden <laughs> I'm seeing I'm seeing tweets like, we we got it now, baby, we got it now, and then. Um, I was texting my boy and he texted me while we were he just texted me a screenshot of his order on Walmart. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, I just pre-ordered it. So I went to Walmart and I was able to get it. Anthony, After that, Anthony stop yes, bullshitting sir. us. We know that you got it from someone. It fell off the truck in the Bronx. <laughs> And man, we know that so I would I would be so proud of that. It. I would be so proud of that, man. I you mean, got I a PS5. It's like the Roman numeral V instead. Seems <laughs> <laughs> legit. No, for real. It, that, that would be awesome. I wish, man. I wish. The, Dude, uh, when I was a the kid, ad- a buddy of mine uh, bought a laptop from. I think I've mentioned this on the show before. I, I've only got so many stories, but. A buddy of mine bought a laptop from a guy like the back of his van and he got home. The laptop case was just filled with rocks. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> fucking awesome. Oldest trick in the book. <laughs> the old rock trick. On the mean streets of Toronto, man. Yeah, man. They ain't messing around, I guess. Fuck. Listen, a sucker is born every minute, man. <laughs> I'm reminded of a great philosopher who once said, uh, you snooze, you lose. Was that Jesus? Yeah, or the Buddha, maybe. Or the Buddha. That sounds like one of those. One of those guys. All right, guys, can, can we redirect now when we've gone through all this? What, what, are, what are we doing today? Because we have a ton of questions. Um, we have, and you know what? Really good questions, too, man. I'm, yeah. I'm actually, actually I'm pretty yeah. excited. Some of these yeah. are pretty, they're pretty meaty. And I'm, I'm yeah. actually like. I also expected the questions to be terrible, Paul. But thankfully. <laughs> That's not what I was saying at all. <laughs> no I'm faith in our listeners whatsoever. We, we budgeted for two hours. and We sure did. Oh, man. Like, it's like a five-hour gonna... like mailbag session. It might be. It might be. This might actually end up being two parts. I'm not even. I'm this not is even like kidding. Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy. You know, in terms yeah, of yeah, mailbag. Yeah. <laughs> I meant. I meant to tell you guys that before the show. I was like, oh man, these are a lot of good questions. Maybe we should bust this up into two parts. And then, as usual, the streaming wasn't working, and I was getting pissed off, yeah. and like I just <laughs> completely forgot to tell you guys about it. You don't want to see a Canadian angry. So, <laughs> sure don't. All right. Question the first. I like this one too. It's from LSD Games on Instagram. And it's ISD, quest- I think. ISD? Not, ISD. not LSD. If it was me, it would be LSD, man. 
I thought it was ISD, man. <laughs> I think it's ISD. All right, this, ISD this, games. So I guess it's all this guy's piece. a big wipeout fan. Oh, Wipes e out fan. So that's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, from ISD, I'll just stick with LSD games. From ISD underscore games on Instagram, he asks, "What's your favorite licensed game?" I'm currently playing Spider-Man on PS4, and it is a blast. All right, I can go first. Yeah. Um, first of all, I love Spider-Man on PS4. Mm-hmm. Fantastic game. Loved it. Looking forward to Miles Morales. Uh, one of the games that I am really eager to see where Insomniac takes it. I'm so happy that Insomniac now is in the Sony wings because they're going to do great things with uh, with Spider-Man and uh, you know with Ratchet and Clank, which I love. But in terms of licensed game, I'm going to give you a super, super weird left field answer um, that no one expects. Uh, but here it goes. Uh, Blade on the PS1. Um, <laughs> I'm that serious and you know what I recently got reunited with the game because I for some reason I must have lent it to someone and I, I had the case but I didn't have the, the game itself and I was looking for just a, a disc only sale and I finally found one and I got it and you know is it the best game out there? Absolutely not it's probably there's another question here about what's the worst like movie you know tie-in game this one probably could fit that model if, like, <laughs> you know, if you looked at it in a certain light. But it had some really cool ideas. First of all, I love Blade as a character. I used to really be into Wesley Snipes. Um, I still think I'm into Wesley Snipes. I mean, Wesley Snipes, come on, man. He's Dude, awesome. Who's not into Wesley Snipes? <laughs> come like, on. Like, you know, I wake up, you know, like, sometimes, sometimes the time, just like, man, I wish I was Wesley Snipes. Uh, <laughs> except for the tax evasion. Um, that part, I, I wouldn't be too thrilled about. Um, but... Um, <laughs> Blade was great. I love the movie. And so I wanted to play a Blade game. And listen, you have the sword um, and you have a bunch of ammo. But the cool thing about it, the cool thing it does is that you fight, you know, zombies, you fight uh, regular humans and you fight vampires. And so you need to have different ammo, you know, in order to, you know, kill all these uh, enemies. And so it's a constant game of strategy. You know, to try to, you know, see which ammo you have to use. And sometimes you run out of ammo, so you just have to bust out the sword and slice people in half. And listen, it has tank controls. The tank controls are terrible. The graphics <laughs> are pretty awful. But God damn it, the game has charm. The, the, the game has a ton of charm. And I, I just love the game. I put it on the other day and my fiance <laughs> was just looking at me saying, what the hell are you playing? Um, I'm with her. But... But you know what? It's I, I, I. We're talking about my favorite license game. We're not talking about the best license game. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Good, 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 good. So, so th- there you go. That's that's my answer. Okay. Question: Is Wesley Snipes in the game? No, absolutely oh, not. God no, damn it! No, 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 no. It was it was beyond the budget. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after. <laughs> After he did U.S. Marshal, uh, he became priced out of the video game market. So, um, yeah. And then he I became... would have thought Demolition Man was the one that priced him out. Oh, man. Yeah, Demolition Man. Oh, God. Such a great, great movie, man. Oh, Such my a God. Great movie. That three seashells. You know, you only have to, like, say Demolition Man for me to get started. I, and this is a this is a positive Aussie rant. You know, I wish there was a future like Demolition Man. I, I always thought that that was going to be where we were heading. And look at us now. We're in 2020 hating everything that we have become. The three seashells oh, really turned me true. off of the Demolition Man future. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I don't know, man. Listen, I, I am a big bidet fan. I am a big uh, proselytizer of bidets. And so I think that the three seashells is just the natural evolution of the bidet. So um, I'm fine with that. 
But yeah, yeah. I think Demolition Man would have been the big one. Which, by the way, he was kind of playing Dennis Rodman. Wesley Snipes was kind of playing Dennis Rodman, you know, as, as a villain, essentially, which is freaking amazing. And Sly Stallone was freaking amazing in that one as well. Sandra Bullock, by the way, also in that movie. Yeah, also, yeah. Very, uh, very sneaky, good performance from Sandra yeah. Bullock. It was the one movie yep. where I was attracted to her. Yeah, yeah. Also, decent Super Nintendo game. Decent Super Nintendo game. Very hard, but decent Super Nintendo Didn't game. Didn't that one also come out on the 3DO? Probably. I think it did. Probably. It was awesome. probably FMV. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Arnie, what about you? Favorite licensed game? Ooh, it, this was harder than I thought it was going to be. I thought I had it all stitched up. I was going to I was gonna try to argue that Tony Hawk's was licensed. Um, but then I no. started looking at a list, and I was like, there's so many good options. Like, Arkham City, the South Park games I really liked, Simpsons Hit and Run, Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh, man. Like, there's so many good options. For me, I think chips on the table, like all in, Knights of the Old Republic, probably, I would say, is my oh, favorite of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's a cop-out because I'm an RPG guy. You're so basic. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not me venturing too far from my comfort zone. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not Blade. Come on. <laughs> but it is. I love that game. I love that game so much. I even love the sequel, which people, you know, it's not as good. Not even close. But that game just holds such a special place in my corazón, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> I, I love I love Kotor. I love Nice of the Real Public. So listen, I, 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 I I'm with you on that, but uh it's not Blade. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't I didn't take big swings like you. <laughs> well we no, when we got when we got this question, I, I I went I was like, Oh my god, like let me look. I can't remember in my head and Arnie like hit on all of the ones I was thinking of. Um, the Arkham games for yep. sure. That was like my favorite. Just to go a little off the beaten path though, just for something a little different. I have to say, just because of the the time and when it came out, Enter the Matrix. Ooh. What Ooh. the hell are you on? <laughs> yeah. Now, when the guy who like, like Blade on, is talking on, shit and, to you. Sorry, sorry. I'm saying the guy the guy who used Blade as his example <laughs> right, right. is calling out the guy who said Enter the Matrix. Why don't you calm down there, Ozzy? <laughs> yeah. One, one of them was playable. One of them was actually playable. Easy killer. I'm explaining. I did. I'm in the, I'm in the same boat as Ozzy. I'm like, you could probably say this is the worst game too. But at the time when this game came out, I, I just. It. I remember having such a good time with it. I remember playing this game and having such a good time because there was so much hype over that first, that second Matrix movie. Yeah, and I loved I loved the idea of this game more than the game itself. Like I love yeah. that it took place between the movies. And I it had like gave you original little, scenes, man. Yes, and it's like it gave you some background, some additional storyline, so that oh, shit. When, if you play, you could play this game and then go watch the Matrix, and it would fill in so much stuff that Ooh. happened between the movies. That was I amazing. The, I, I thought the idea of it was great. Yeah. Playing it was a little rough though, like because like I said, what made you want to play it? Yeah, what made you want to play it was the story. Yeah. Like you wanted to see what would happen, but then that gameplay was rough, man. <laughs> but I just have fond memories of this this game at that time, and I just didn't want to repeat anything. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I admit it. I admit it. You were just a big Jada Pinkett fan. That's the only reason why you were on. This. I was entangled with her. I wanted the entanglement. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, he's very jealous of Will Smith. Um, <laughs> not anymore. I'm like, not oh, anymore. Man, do I dodged the bullet, Will. Thank you. <laughs> no, listen. Uh, Enter the Matrix, very glitchy game. Famously, one of the rushed out games because they didn't have enough time to time it with the release of the movies. Mm -hmm. Because the thing that the Wachowskis yeah, yeah. were doing was they were doing this massive interconnected universe. So they had the Animatrix. That's right. They had Enter the Matrix, yep. and all of them filled the gaps. Which, by the way, Animatrix, one of the best animes ever in my mind. Um, mm, and yeah. um, but if you actually play the sequel 
Path of Neo. Path of Neo. That yep. one is actually quite good. Even the gameplay, and it yeah. actually goes through the storyline of the Matrix, and mm-hmm. you can actually go into a different path. So you can actually choose the blue pill if you want, for example. And the game yeah. just ends. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so it's uh, it's really cool. <laughs> you know, it's really really cool, and you can turn yeah. into like Super Saiyan Neo at the end. Um, so you guys should play it. That that's if if you like Enter the Matrix, play Path of Neo. That, it's that funny if you can the play. Pill. <laughs> and and the game just like suddenly ending because I have a buddy who played who played near Automata right, and he removed two B's CPU, and then the game yep. just ended, and he was yep. furious. <laughs> Don't tempt Yoko Taro. Don't tempt I, him. But, but it's like I was like, oh really? That's so cool, right? Because I never tried it. Because I mean, I'm not an idiot, right? Like I, I have a pretty good idea that that's not a good thing to happen, right? But I didn't know it would just end the game, right? And he was yeah. like, yeah. That was so stupid. I can't believe that's yeah. what happened. And and first of all, I was like, first of all, it's like a great idea. Yeah. And second of all, why on earth would you take out the CPU? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, with Nier Automata, I'm not going to spoil it, but I know John has played it as well. Um, and um, at the end, you know, you had to make a decision. And I really thought that they weren't going to go through with it. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. You only live once. I, I, I yellowed that. And... Uh, I did it, and yeah, uh, they actually went through with it. So whoever played it through to completion knows what I'm talking about, and uh, it's similar to that, Paul. You know, with the <laughs> CPU. Very um, interesting. <laughs> what, well, what's your What's your favorite uh, license game, Paul? Yeah, I'm kind of going out of left field here too, and I couldn't remember it until I went into my basement, and then I saw it on the shelf, <laughs> and I was like, Total Recall. Fucking oh <laughs> shit! I forgot. True about Lies. That. <laughs> That's my guess. Oh, oh, oh. Total Recall on the NES is a fucking classic for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, you know what we? Yeah, that's right. We talked about that on. Yeah, we did cover that. We talked about we love. No, man, because it licenses every single giant robot uh, anime in Japan, the Super Robot Wars series. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dude. Never played I, them. Yeah, I, <laughs> I grew up with those games. Like ever since the um, ever since I saw the fourth Super Robot Wars scramble on the uh, Super Famicom at a buddy's place when I was a kid, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing! It's all the robots. <laughs> And uh, yeah, like ev- just over the years, you know, I'll pick up a new one here and there. There's always graphical improvements and stuff like that. And the fact of the matter is the formula never gets old. Mm-hmm. It never gets old controlling the wing Gundam. It never gets old controlling the new Gundam or the Evangelion Unit 1 or virtually any robot from any anime series ever. So, so is it a strategy game or I mean, is it a strategy RPG or how does... That's exactly what know. it is. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a strategy RPG. Yeah. It's got an overhead map. Um, the robots attack each other. The robots have different stats depending on the robot itself or the pilot. The pilots are all pilots from all the anime series. So you mm-hmm. can have like you can have Amro from Gundam uh, piloting an Evangelion robot. It's 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 ridiculous. <laughs> that right? is amazing. That yeah, is... it's just a big yeah. fat pile of fan service, and uh, I love and I absolutely love it. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like I said, it's one of those games that's been with me forever. Yeah, I, like even when I was playing it on the Saturn. You know, like I had buddies, we were all kind of playing it at the same time and we still joke about it to this day. It's <laughs> it's a classic. I love it. I gotta play I gotta play it at some point. So I'm glad that you erased it. Yeah, yeah well it's pretty it's super, big in Japan. Uh, it's huge in Japan. It always has been. And uh it's it's funny, you know, we used to say like I used to lament to a buddy of mine that I was sad because it was never available in English, right? And he's like, Paul, Robo Wars isn't about the story. It's about Robo Wars. And I, I think went, you yeah, told me this. <laughs> but, you know, the story. I still kind of want to know what's going on, right? So for those of you who want to try it, 
It is available in English on PS4. Uh, Super Robot Wars V and Super Robot Wars X have Asian releases that you might still be able to get on Play Asia at a reasonable price. They might not. It might be sold out. I don't know for sure. But in any case, the more recent Asia region releases, not Japan only, but mm-hmm. Asia, have English subtitles. And as I was playing through Super Robot Wars V, my buddy was totally right. The story is completely pointless. <laughs> I'm so glad I had fun all those years without knowing what was going on and just watching the robots fight because that's literally all that it's about. Yeah. L- listen, I might be I might be swing- swinging wildly here, but since you mentioned the fan service of all these different uh, anime robots, um, there's this other uh, series uh, published by Van Presto, um, and it's called Another Centuries Episode, and mm-hmm. it's actually developed by From Software. So it's essentially Armor Core with you know, all these different anime, you know, robots like Gundams and all that stuff. So that sounds amazing. You know, <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm just thinking, you know, maybe if your thing is not strategy RPGs, maybe you just want to blow stuff up with robots, you know, a la Armor Core. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe that's that's the one you should play. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is. You know, maybe I'll maybe I'll give that one a shot. I hope it has I hope it has the same amount of charm because like a large amount of the charm is is watching the different pilots piloting all the different robots from other series and just kind of watching like i mean even if it was in japanese you kind of still have sort of a gist of what's going on Mm -hmm. and so you can see like different pilots from different series flirting with each other and stuff like that (laughs) and it's a little bit it's silly it's great anyway yeah yeah so next question here from senor juan one of our patrons he says or he asks rather which host has the biggest or most substantial <laughs> game collection. And we didn't talk about this beforehand. We like we, we knew that the question was out there, but we didn't like yeah. Yeah. we didn't pull out the rulers and measure. I right? was gonna <laughs> I was gonna throw my hat in the ring until Ozzy started moving to Florida and going on a freaking tear down there. Now yeah, I'm not I'm so saying, sure. right? Like I knew just based on Ozzy's pickups over the last few months, oh, I'm like, man. there's no way mine is bigger than that. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I'm I'm actually very embarrassed I think, right now. I think like, uh, I, yeah, no. counting if we're counting digital, are we just doing physical? Just physical, yeah, just come physical. On, man. Just physical. physical. Yeah, I on. think I'm at like thirteen hundred ish, maybe maybe fourteen hundred altogether. Dear God, <laughs> I am at uh, I am at seventeen seventy six. There we go. See, um, I told you. Yeah, you guys yeah. keep yeah. track. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, I was. I was like, you got. Yeah, I got a little. I got a collection. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I got a collection up. I have everything. I started. Up. I started yeah. the app, and then I forgot yeah. about it, and I was just. I got overwhelmed. Well, see, the thing is, yeah. the thing is, I got scared when I when I got to like near a thousand because I always dreaded that moment where I'd be somewhere and I'd be like, "Oh fuck yeah, I love this game," blah blah. blah and I'd buy it, and then I'd get home, and I'd be like, "I already own this." And that was like a yeah. like a primordial fear in me because <laughs> then I'd be yeah, like, I have, "This is a like I I've I've broken my brain like this is too much now I've I've po- I've like poisoned myself so now I, I have to I keep track." Three, I had three copies of Excite Bike. <laughs> 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 I, I keep I keep buying Excite Bike for whatever reason. I'm like, man, I love Excite Bike. I should have this great game. game. <laughs> yeah. Why not love it three times? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Nobody has so, three copies of Back to the Future, right? Like- <laughs> <laughs> Which goes into another question: Have you bought multiple versions of the same game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and Joel asked, yeah, do you have multiple versions of the same game? Guilty. <laughs> Excite Bike. <laughs> I- I definitely do, and I don't know, but I'm I don't know if I have more or multiple copies somewhere. Like I know for a fact I have two. You guys remember I had mentioned we were doing the Splatterhouse episode mm-hmm. 
And I was like, I could have swore I had Splatterhouse for the 360. Oh, well, let me just buy it. And so lo and behold, last week, I'm looking through a bin. There it was. Right there. I was like, I knew I had this game, man. This is actually far more embarrassing than the question that I think he intended to ask, which is like, multiple oh, yes. different versions so like yeah like the, the persona games or something was, mm, yeah i guess like persona yep. 3 is available on the psp and the ps2 so yeah. i think that's kind of where he was leaning oh, not so much yep. the i bought this game <laughs> <laughs> Thinking I already had it. <laughs> because of my incompetence <laughs> well yeah i definitely have multiple copies of the same game on different consoles i remember the first time i re- i did it on purpose was soul Calibur. And oh. it came out for the PS2. Oh, because you got to get the extra character. Yeah, I wanted to get well, those no, extra duh. characters. So that's definitely one. That's justifiable. Off the top of my head. That one's, <laughs> yeah, that one's that justifiable. A- yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I have like five versions of the Elder Scrolls Oblivion. <laughs> Whenever there's a re-release or like something, I have pretty much every version of Oblivion that ever yeah. came out. And it's the same case for Skyrim. Like I have almost every version of freaking Skyrim. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I've only played through one of those versions completely, but... Whenever some version comes out, I buy it. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, I have, um, let's see. Well, in, in the one case, I'm like, I have like stuff like I have P4, Persona 4 and I have Persona 4 Golden, if that's what he's talking about. But like, yeah, pretty the, much, the yeah. exact same game. Um, I have a couple examples. I have El Shaddai I have on PS3 and Xbox 360. And for the life of me, I mm. don't remember why. Don't yeah, I mean, exactly. It's a, it's a good game. It, even my my app idea has failed me because I ended up with two <laughs> versions of the same game. Um, <laughs> and then I also have I have actually Ozzy reminded me I do have I have like the game of the year version of Oblivion and then I have my regular version. Um, and then I do have the yeah. one I the one I that I always remember the most is I have my original copy of Knights of the Old Republic, which was a Platinum Hits version because it was the only one I could find when I went to GameStop. And then a few years ago, I bought a black labeled version of it because I was like, oh, this looks much nicer on my shelf with all the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I have I have like my uh, greatest hits games together. It's not that many. Right. But I have them together. Separate at the end. As a reminder that I got work to do. I got to I got to replace those bad boys. (laughs) (laughs) Let me expose my neurosis. I sometimes get the same game for different consoles just in case one console is worse in terms of its port. Um, So for like PS3 360 era. I'm always paranoid that I may have gotten the wrong version. <laughs> and so so I have like two versions of Black Sight Area 51, which is a game no one liked. Um, <laughs> just in case someday I might want to play it. And then, 1776 you know, if- games, you said? That was, was that the number? Just making uh, sure. It's a very patriotic number, by the way. I know, right? Yeah, it really is. 1776. Oh man, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. On on voter registration day. I, God, this I could have already checked out of the US, so these numbers mean nothing to him. He's, he's I'm already planning my move to Canada. So. <laughs> what, about uh, what about you, Paul? Do you have any versions of the same game? Like what's uh, barely, what's the deal? barely. I try I try extremely hard not to do that. There's something about it that really does not sit well with me. So even if there's like an HD Okay, so the most recent example is the Super Mario 3D collection mm-hmm. on the Switch. I haven't yep. bought it. Like, I want it because it's playable portable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can play Sunshine on, on port. And that's, and that's like, a reasonable upgrade, yeah. right? I think that's actually worth the money. Plus, it's three games in one. Plus, yeah. 
the original games, some of them are very expensive, right? So yeah. there's all these good reasons to buy the Super Mario 3D collection, 3D All-Stars, that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Very good reasons. I still can't do it. I almost pulled the trigger today. I almost did. I was. I actually had it in my shopping cart, and I'm like, no, man, don't do it. Yeah, don't do. You're it. the you most have, disciplined of all of us. You you really are the most yeah. disciplined of all yeah. of us. Like you really go for uh, quality over quantity. You only buy the games that you really are gonna play for the most part. For the most um, part, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, all of us are just like, ah, oh, games. I love games. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I um. That said, though, I do have I do have multiple copies of. Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 mm-hmm. because yeah. Ozzy, you convinced me to get the yeah. HD collection. Whether you're aware of it yeah. or not, yeah. you can convince me to get <laughs> no, the I remember HD that. collection. I remember yeah. that. So yeah. I do have I do have that. And I think that was a pretty reasonable I think that was a reasonable purchase because also the HD collection, like I got the one with the art book and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. don't you know you have, that, that, um, seemed, that seemed pretty good. Don't you have that Zone of the Enders VR re-release too? Uh, yeah, but I don't have the original Zone of the Oh, gotcha. I will say about that, uh, Mario 3D collection, I had a friend, um, whose dad works at Nintendo, and he told me that they put Luigi in Mario 64 <laughs> now, so you should, you should oh, go okay. out and get well, that. Well, all the more reason not to get it. <laughs> wow. Oh, very reliable. The disrespect. <laughs> Listen, man, How dare I don't you? understand why they didn't just throw <laughs> Mario Galaxy 2 in that collection, yeah. and it's like the only- What a curious decision. Right? Let's not just... litigate this. Let's not litigate this. <laughs> 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 so annoying go to a message board for that <laughs> oh okay <laughs> but not right now because no. you're listening oh. to this podcast you can go to the message board later um but on that note though we should take a break so yeah we'll take yeah, a break yeah. now and when we come back we'll answer some more questions everyone we're back and next question is from mr zodiac chris one of our patrons and host of the retro hangover podcast good friends of ours he asks which one of you buys from limited run games and what are your brutally honest thoughts on their marketing concept and overall performance plus what games have you gotten paul why don't we start with you with me well I can I can start with what games that I've gotten, and I I think the number's somewhere between ten and twenty. I actually don't Ooh. know for sure. I didn't I didn't actually go and count them beforehand, but I think that's <laughs> from somewhere. limited run games. From limited run games, yeah. yeah. Well, so you're a big user. You're a big uh. Client, They've been around uh, for a while, dude. Yeah. It's been like a couple of years or something. More than at, that. at least four or five. Yeah. 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 So you know, like maybe a maybe a a few each year or something. I bought more from them at first because I thought that their games would be. Because at, at at the beginning, they felt more special. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Each release yeah. kind of felt like a little bit of an event. Mm-hmm. Now, I find that they just kind of overproduce. And so, you know, like recently, for example, what really kind of chafed me was the Streets of Rage 4 situation. Like, here's really? the thing. Yeah. If you're going to call yourselves limited run games, I expect some kind of exclusivity right? I don't want to pre-order Streets of Rage 4 from you 
when you guys call it limited run and then see streets of rage Four available physically from multiple other publishers. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of soured me on them, you know, like for a little while I was, I was on board with them, but with the sheer amount uh, that they make available now uh, combined with the fact that their name isn't exactly honest. That's kind of where I'm at with them now. Yeah. Yeah. I have bought, zero limited run games so i don't have much but you to... never buy anything full price <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's the thing with him yeah so <laughs> that's that's nothing special for you um, <laughs> so, no listen i mean look i don't want to go on a rant about this and i'm not um and i i know exactly almost why this is being asked you know and i'm not gonna be baited into you know going on um, i don't like them i i like their idea I like the idea of what they do. I liked what they started out doing because I do think that there is a very real need for physical versions of, of digital-only games. We have seen now how is easy it is to lose you know, games forever simply because there wasn't a physical version of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, it might just be an illusion because even physical versions, they, you know, disappear. They, the, the data gets uh, erased, the data gets lost. You know, many things could happen to a physical disc. But there's a feeling of, ta- of tangible, you know, e- existence when you have something in physical form. And, and look, we're all nostalgic. We're all retro gamers. We all like the fact, you know, that games used to come with booklets and they used to have this special feel to them of, you know, picking the game up, unwrapping it, going in the car back home and looking through the booklet and the like. Yeah. That, that, that's just something that for us, you know, you know, from the millennial generation back, you know, we all have that experience. You know, Gen Zers probably don't have that experience as much. Um, and, and so I, I liked the idea. When they started out, I really liked what they were doing. I think the first thing that really wrought me off about them was the fact that they were called limited run games. But one, they were pumping out their games. Uh, because they actually were a, a game developer before that. And so there was this game called Bridge and Clear that they did. And that was one of their yep. first limited run releases. Mm-hmm. And so I saw that this game was being sold and resold for insane amounts of money. And I was like, but is it any good? Um, and it's kind of mediocre to, you know, bad. Um you know, same with their other RPG, Saturday morning RPG. Um, yeah. And so I, I felt like the quality wasn't quite there. I felt like their their selection was just kind of scattershot and whatever they could get. Um, and so I didn't feel like I wanted to get essentially a beanie baby, you know, something that people say it's valuable, but at the end of the day, it's still a freaking beanie mm-hmm. baby. Um, so for me, I've never gotten games for their value. I've never gotten games for their resale value. So the idea of creating something in limited quantities just to keep, you know, an artificially inflated value is not something that appeals to me. But I think the big problem with them is that they have shown themselves to be about profits first and foremost. You know, they have created situations where even if there is greater demand for certain games, they are willing to overprice their games and they're willing to create limited quantities just to, you know, make sure that they continue to keep their profits margins up. Um, and the fact that you basically are paying for a pre-order because you're not really buying the game. And so you put the money down and then you have to wait six, seven, eight months, you yeah. know, for them to get, you know, get the game out to you. And sometimes you even buy the game and they realize, oh, we didn't have enough, you know, demand or whatever. So we're going to cancel it. Um, it. It all seems very shady. And 
their customer service is not the greatest. And, you know, I have heard enough stories about their practices that I've been soured on them. So the first time I actually caved was, you know, with Streets of Rage 4, Paul. And that was the only time that I had bought a limited run game because I was like, it's Streets of Rage 4. I love Streets of Rage. And then they did that. And so I went ahead and canceled my order. Um, and so I said, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. And then they they came out with East Origin. And I was like, you know what? I really want this. <laughs> you know, it's only being sold through limited run games. So I just got it. And since they were actually charging for shipping already, I was like, all right, I might as well get another game. And so I got the last Blade 2. So... I still haven't got them because, of course, I have to wait several months in order to get anything from them. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it's just, I, I, their their model works. Their model works, but I just wish that it was really more about preserving high quality games mm-hmm. and making sure that games that you know people want physical versions for are put into their hands rather than just keeping this sort of artificially inflated price. You know, as a business model, I I, I find that to be. Not really about the games, but more about, you know, making sure that they stay profitable. And get, I get it, you're a business, but, you know, I, I don't buy into this idea that you're buying into this limited exclusivity. And I, I always like that idea. I, I, I always dislike that idea. I hate the idea of just you're paying for something that is exclusive. I I, I don't know, maybe it's the, the socialist <laughs> part of me, but I just hate the idea of, you know, people just, you know, hoarding up. And, and they, they play to the scalpers. Mm. That's another thing. They they love the fact that people will sculpt them because they know that they guarantee a certain amount of sales. So yeah, so yeah, so everything about it just rubs me the wrong way. And you know, there are other like physical you know companies now that they're they're doing good stuff, and I I support them. You know, but limited run games, I I really try to steer clear of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of the stuff that they send is like it's bare bones too. You know what I mean? Like. I remember when I f- the first few games that I purchased from them at least had some extras yeah. in there even if it was like even if it was like an instruction card or something. Mm. And uh recently I think it was one uh Wonder Song or Wonder Song that I got on the Switch from them and it had like nothing. It was just like the case in the game and it's like, well, you know, then what exactly are you guys doing, right? Like you're kind of presenting yourself as this like boutique ish retailer you know what i mean where you're expecting something perhaps a little more Mm -hmm. and maybe it's my fault for for expecting more in fact it probably is my fault (laughs) but nonetheless the expectation is there and it hasn't been met so i i don't see myself really buying any more from them honestly yeah i'm I'm part of the newsletter and you know I, i check in on what they're doing every once in a while and just the extras just feel like trinkets you know they feel like things that you know cost them probably pennies um and that they just put together you know sometimes they're like cards with pictures of uh you know the characters or something like that and it's like i i guess it's something it's better than nothing but <laughs> yeah it just feels half-assed yeah i so, mean it's got to be a game you really have some connection with if they release it you know like that you know you don't mind getting but just to they're just they're just over flooding it though, like you said. It's not yeah, it doesn't even flow. Yeah. And I mean there's gonna there are going to be people buying them, right? Like mm-hmm. we see yeah. it. We see it. We see people buying like every color of Switch Light, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I guess I guess that's their market. I guess that's their market. Cause it, but that's it, yeah. yeah, but that's the other thing, you know, Paul. I mean, if you do want a game that they released and you missed out on it, then you have no option but to go to the scalpers and go to eBay. Mm-hmm. And so you know, again, even if there is demand for a particular title, they just don't cater to that. They don't really, you know, they, they don't really play to that. They just want to make sure that they stay limited, you know, in nature. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I, 
I dislike that because it's not really about the games then. You know, mm-hmm. if, if if there's a developer out there that has a very successful game and they want to produce more, you know, they want to produce another run of it, why not, you know? Um, but it's the exclusivity of it that drives me, you know, a little bit mm-hmm. nuts. Yep. Yeah. All right. I think uh, I think that's enough on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next question from Hobbycorp on Instagram. You guys are are you guys ever going to do an SNK or Neo Geo focused <laughs> episode? The answer is absolutely. We are going to do that. We've been talking yes. about it for like almost since the beginning. Yes. So yeah. this is this is uh, this is this is Paul yeah. Anthony knows who this is, um, and yeah. I've actually been talking to him for a while about doing a Neo Geo slash SNK or both episodes for a long time because yeah. he's been asking me about it for a while. Um, and I, I, I would love to, you know, the Neo Geo was always that machine that I knew I would never have and that I knew that I would mm-hmm. never even come close to playing in my life. But it's always held that mystique for me. So I think more than any other home console, I would love to dig into that system specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Great stories there too. Like it's, it's from that era, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Where, where you had all the great stories. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one that we are going to do. It's just a matter of when it's not a matter of if. (laughs) Cool. Alrighty. Next question. Uh, comes from MKN underscore retro gamer on Instagram. He wants to know what we're wearing. Um, Anthony, what are you wearing? Two region free gamer stickers. <laughs> <laughs> you would know. Patreon customers would understand exactly. what I'm wearing, though. <laughs> on his That's a nipples. plug. That's a plug for Patreon right there. What am I wearing? Find out if you sign up for Patreon. Wap, 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 wap. Get that wap. Yeah, I'm, wearing a, I'm wearing a nice Atari t-shirt. Um, and I make it a point not to wear pants while I'm recording for a- airflow's sake. Uh, it helps my voice. Oh, it helps sure. my cadence. Never known. Um, yeah, yeah, you don't no, want to chafe. Uh, important for podcasting, I've read. <laughs> so I can't turn... You don't want a chief cast. <laughs> I can't turn on my AC where I'm at in the room that I'm at, so I should technically be wearing nothing, but um, I am on video, so I would rather avoid that. Yeah, so. no, good enough. I'm I'm a lazy piece of shit. I was going to actually wear something video game related uh, for the show. Now that we're on a camera, right, I feel like I should bust out the, the game related clothing. Yeah. Work out the nerd and, yeah, exactly. No, I'm just wearing like a black t-shirt. And before <laughs> that, I was wearing my standard Yukon Brewing hoodie, which I wear like every goddamn day up here, even in the summer, it seems, because we're in the freaking Yukon. That's right. So there you go. Uh, Mr. John, FF Cottage, he wants to know what episode idea does each host want to do the most? Uh, Arnie, let's start with you. Oh, Lord. Um, I mean, the obvious answer is Legend of Dragoon, right? Like, I, I've been yeah. talking about this yeah, thing since the day we started the freaking podcast. Um, and Ozzy's come up to me recently about doing something tangentially related that would include it. Um, so maybe we'll do that. But I don't, it's, you know, it's so hard to pin it down to one. Like, if you had asked me this question when we started doing this podcast, I probably would have a single answer for you. Um, now that we've done so many episodes, it's like inspired ideas in my brain of places we can go with different shows and different concepts. So it's much harder to nail it down. Um, but yeah, Legend of Dragoon will always be a number one, unless Paul finally decides to team up with me to do a Vagrant Story episode when I finally play it. 
<laughs> Ozzy's not going to be invited to that one. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Anthony, what about you? Anything on your mind? Any episode that you want to do? You know, it's it's um. Originally, I was thinking of doing a Tecmo episode. Oh yes, and but that's more based on like my eight bit, <laughs> like uh, growing up with Tecmo. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like, then I was like, oh, what about a Ninja Gaiden episode? But then I just kept thinking about Tecmo as a whole because it's just so many really good games back in the day. And it's yeah. still out there. I mean, they're still pumping out games. I just I just had a, a good affinity with those with the start, with those 8-bit yeah. games, you know? Oh, dude, so many of them, man. Between, yeah. like, Tecmo Bowl and Tecmo World Wrestling that World we were wrestling, talking about yeah. a couple weeks ago. Oh, man. Oh, geez. Yeah, that would yeah. be And I, and I just really And they one. just... They really pulled me in, man. Those cinematics that they used to do, like, on, oh. you know, on the NES were just, like... I was so mesmerized. I used to play these scenes in my head like, this is a movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always tempting to do the developer episodes because those always seem to have the most sort of interest, intrigue behind them. Um, yeah. yeah. But they're always yeah. so hard. It's always so hard to just Where pick you- and choose which games you're going to talk about. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you, that's, you never that's feel like you're really covered at. at all. Yeah. 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 But I think you're right, Ant. I think we'd have to probably confine that one to the 8-bit era. And yeah. it has the added bonus of us not having to talk about DOA Extreme Beach Volleyball. So I'm, I'm all That's for that, too. That's makes me so sad. <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy, what about you? Um, I mean, as you guys know, we keep a, a list of uh, podcast topics that we want to hit up. I mean, I, like Arnie said, I've hit up a bunch of the episodes that I really wanted to do. I think PS1 Squaresoft was like the one that I always wanted to do. And and John, who asked this question, I, I've told him as much. I said that was a passion episode for me. The other one was Silent Hill 2. I love that episode. Yeah. Um, one of my all-time favorites. And that one was another passion project. Um, I think... You know, I have a lot of out there ideas. You know, as Paul says, I'm as niche as uh, as you can probably get. Um, but one of the ones that I had been working on was uh, about you know different development studios that branched out of SquareSoft in the late '90s. Um, so this would be, um, you know, for example, and I'm blanking on every single one of them right Is now. Is Mistwalker uh, <laughs> would that count? Well, Miss Walker kind of technically counts, but they they left a little bit later. But a little no, bit the, later, the guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guys that did uh, Alpha Dream, uh, Alpha Dream, the guys that did Luigi and Mario, mm-hmm. the Mario and Luigi series, um, uh, the ones that did uh, Codelka and uh, the Shadow Heart series, mm-hmm. and also uh, Love the Lick, which is one of those quirky little houses, wow. uh, you know, that that did some really cool stuff. Um, so a lot of talent came out of SquareSoft in that era, and incidentally enough. Many of them either worked on Chrono Trigger or Super Paper Mario or Super Mario RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's kind of like the common thread. They either worked on one of the two, um, and it seems like they just had a good team together, and that's and that's how they eventually branched out. But that's something I've been wanting to do. I also have been wanting to do an episode on on Quintet. You know, they did Act Racer, they did uh, uh, Legend of Gaia, um, Terra Enigma, uh, Terra Enigma. You know, and uh, Soul Blazer. Because the thing with that studio is that it just disappeared. Mm-hmm. It just like all of a sudden disappeared. And there have been rumors that the founder of the studio got in trouble with the triads, you know, because he asked like, you know, he took money from loan sharks and stuff like that. It's just some wild stuff. And so I've read some of the interviews 
And, uh, you know, the Japanese, you know, developers like uh, Yuzo Koshiro, who was actually good friends with them, and he actually worked on ActRacer. He was the, the, the sound composer. Um, he's like, yeah, I heard about some stuff, but I don't know if I can confirm any of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, so, you know, kind of quirky little stories like that. that that's really what interests me. Yeah. And you guys know, I've been, I've been wanting to do a, a, an episode on Treasure since yep. the beginning. So, of course. Um, yeah. So that's just one that I've been meaning to do, and I've never gotten around. That'd be to, a so, that'd be a so. series, I would imagine. You can't you can't just yeah, do a yeah, single absolutely. episode on Treasure. Are you nuts? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. For sure, for sure. It would be like Genesis, <laughs> um, and then I would focus on the thirty-two bit era yeah. and the like. So um, it, I would yeah, like um, to make a quick addendum um, because I sure. I think what I've realized in sitting and sort of marinating on it is that the real thing I want to do now because. I think at the beginning of the podcast, it was all about, I want to do this type of episode and this type of episode. And then as we started doing them and doing them well, I, I think I became less interested in necessarily the topic and more interested in bringing in interesting people onto the show to sort of share in those topics. So I think that's that's where my sort of focus is right now on trying to see if I can bring people like more more interesting guests more interesting like people with perspectives directly into some of the games we talk about i understand so I, i'm not good enough for you is what you're saying basically yes yeah. <laughs> i'm currently talented. my scouting. hope is that some at some point we can bring shiheru miyamoto on so i can so i can oh, give yeah. him a what for <laughs> so i can finally tell him what i what i feel and what i have repressed in my heart for so long cool man um, as for me, I would like to have Kelly back on at least one more time and to do a Final Fantasy Legend uh, for Game Boy episode. That would be yeah, amazing. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. I loved those games when I was a kid. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun to do. And I know she likes them as a lot. As, uh, she likes them a lot as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. well, I mean, and you could connect it to the collection of Saga, which is uh, coming yeah, out. Yeah, we probably um, could. Later, later this yeah. year. Yeah, so this December coming out seems like the perfect time to get that SEO content out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, cool, man. No, but that sounds amazing, man. That 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 would be a great episode. I know we've been talking to Kelly about that for yeah. a while. Um, <laughs> so here's another question. I love this one. What do you consider is the absolute worst movie-based game ever made and played? And I, you know, I'm gonna go first because. There isn't there is an extremely obvious answer here and it's the first one that came to my mind and I can say and I'm going to get away with it because I actually played it and that's ET for the Atari 2600. Oh, not where I thought you were going. Well, oh, really? Where did you think yeah, I was going? Yeah, neither. Well, I, I I mean that would imply me revealing my own pick. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, then we'll we'll stop for a second there. No, yeah, man, I played ET and I remember playing it at my buddy's house and both of us were like what the fuck is this? Like, this is, what is going on? Neither of us <laughs> knew what the goal was or how to play it or, or what the hell was going on. And uh, as, as, we're, as we're all aware now, like, we know that it's a game that was made in five weeks and very under very tight deadline and so on and so forth, mm -hmm. but that doesn't excuse the fact that it's terrible and it played a large part in cratering the industry. So yeah. that, you know, it's an obvious answer, but it is a good one because I was there and it fucking sucked. <laughs> I'll allow it, Paul. <laughs> Just because you're old. Yeah. <laughs> and what about you? Oh, man. Man, this is a tough one, man. I, I was um, 
you know, obviously like Street Fighter, the movie, the game, the movie, the game, the movie. <laughs> that, there it is. that to me was like, that's, that's the one that like, I definitely played and was just like, what the fuck is oh, this? That's such a good one. Is, is it Street Fighter? Yeah. And, you know, and especially like, and I, I know we've covered this before, but considering that it was like Saturn, it just came out and I needed a game to play for it. And that was the one that was there. And you figured this can't go bad. Oh, it's Street Fighter. Oh, Man, you know, there was it was it was tough goings. When you would see that acclaimed logo on the box of anything, it was you don't know yeah, what you were getting sometimes. Box of chocolates. You didn't know. <laughs> yeah, man. But that to me is the worst of all time. If I go further back, we joked about it on our chats, but LJN in oh, general. Dude, LJN. Just, yeah. it, but even as yeah, even just, as kids, we weren't stupid enough to buy an LJN <laughs> game, right? Like That's how bad. Like, that's how that bad was the rep. <laughs> like I was seven years old and I was like, no way. Yeah, because they made like they made like water guns and a video game, yeah. and I just I couldn't I couldn't I don't know I couldn't process <laughs> yeah, yeah. that like this this can't go well <laughs> this can't possibly go well. So <laughs> what about you, Arnie? Uh, I mean, I was gonna say the the king number one Street Fighter the movie the game, <laughs> uh, you know just just on the sheer. I mean, first of all, they just lure you in with John Claude Van Damme right on the cover, man. Like, yeah, he he is alluring. Uh, that man could sell ice to Eskimos, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that Belgian waffle bastard. I don't know if that's bastard. PC. Um, <laughs> maybe cut that. Uh, I can't deny my attraction to JCVD. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but no, man. I mean, the backup The backup was always Back to the Future on the NES. I mean, that game is, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that game is, a, is a steaming pile, honestly. There's, there's yeah. nothing. But in terms of, I haven't played it, but in terms of, of curiosity, uh, Waterworld on the Virtual Boy is one that I've always wanted to oh, to do that man. yeah that uh kevin costner will, let you, kevin down, kevin Costner's will let you down <laughs> there's um superman 64 came into my mind but i've never oh, played it but i've always been curious shit. and there is no movie attached to it that's yeah, all there is no yeah. movie, oh, movie. That's, right, that's right that's right that's right okay sorry <laughs> I, 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 I think yeah. the, didn't, uh didn't kevin costner's robin hood also get a release on nes did I make that up? Yeah, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves on the NES was pretty That's good. That's right. It's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, was yeah, it really? Yeah, it was all right. Oh, man. Shockingly. Damn, well, I know. there go the, the <laughs> curse. No Costner curse no. on that one. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ozzy. They need a they need a Field of Dreams expansion for Minecraft. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would, I would get that. That would be limited amazing. run. Limited run. <laughs> Are you listening? Limited run games? Are you listening? <laughs> Field of Dreams, man. Talk about a movie that just breaks every single adult oh, man. Oh, dude. It's engineered specifically to do that. That is the goal of that movie, and it succeeds. It's like, I, I know that I can't watch that movie again for a while, because it's just like, I'm going to be like fucking tears. I know. <laughs> just like, I... Ozzy, Ozzy, do you want to play catch? He's going to start crying. <laughs> Damn, Paul. Damn, Paul. <laughs> Ozzy's just getting sore thrown on, the, on him all week except man. my dad couldn't play catch so I can't really hear that my dad was my dad was terrible as force <laughs> uh, anyways um, uh, let me just uh, answer the question and uh, let me go back to uh, I think it was like 2000 um, at this point in, in, in time in the United States uh, Super Nintendo games were getting phased out <laughs> and so I happened to go to this rental shop and by chance they were selling Super Nintendo games and I was like, oh my god, I have a Super Nintendo. And there are Super Nintendo games, and they're really cheap. It's like $10. Um, I should get one. Um, and guess what was there? You know, it just so happened to be my favorite, my favorite Batman movie. Oh, Lord, Batman no. Forever. <laughs> 
because you know what? I love Val Kilmer. I love Val Kilmer. Schumacher is now. I love his. I love his chisel jaw, and I love you know young Nicole Kidman. So I was like, you know what? Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey. How could you go wrong? Very, very, very wrong. I should have picked that one. Don't. I can send it to you. I still have that same version that I bought for ten bucks. uh, I got the Genesis version, but if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I didn't own a Genesis, so I was playing that thing on my Nomad. So you can imagine the the like (laughs) ninth circle of hell that I was in. Not only playing Batman Forever, but playing it on my tiny Nomad screen, burning my retinas through. Ooh, that's a good question. Does the Nomad make a bad game worse or better? Because at least you're not exposed with a giant screen, like the amount of badness it's just confined to a smaller area i think it depends depends on where you're playing it i would say if you plug it into the ac adapter then i think it's neutral if you're burning batteries to play it then it's much worse oh yeah now now it's costing you money actively yeah oh yeah good point good point (laughs) Yeah, and, and it's costing you money to play Batman Forever. Like, why would you? Why would you spend money, burn money to play Batman Forever? <laughs> no, honestly, have you guys played yes. this game? No, I no, I haven't. It's garbage. It's ter- nah, I never have. I, ca- I can send it to you, Paul. I'll send it to you for free. I still have that that same version I got from the rental store. It's still there. <laughs> it's it's digitized like Mortal Kombat, but it's almost literally unplayable. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't I'm, it I'm, acclaim? Isn't that an acclaim game? It's a claim, yeah. It's oh, a claim. Oh, I know, right? Mystery solved. Mystery solved. <laughs> <laughs> For a moment, I thought it was yeah, Square no, no, Enix, no, no, no. but like, it's it's good to know now. <laughs> and you know what the worst was? You know what the worst was? No Nicole Kidman. So that's it. <laughs> yeah, dude. That, I mean, that's that, disappointing. That that's disappointing. I, I'm I'm down for Nicole Kidman at any age, honestly. <laughs> Pretty much, man. One more before break. Ninja Artorius. One of our longtime listeners, we love this guy, he asks, and I love this question, what game made each of you gamers for life? Uh, Arnie, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Gotta think about it. Gotta think about it. Okay, Anthony. Uh, <laughs> um, I, think, I think it has to be Donkey Kong. Oh, really? Seeing Donkey Kong on a, on a ColecoVision for the first wow. time. I just... Uh, I was truly like immersed in gaming at that point. I was there was no going back. <laughs> and I've I've mentioned this before, but that like that I said my uncle was playing it in a room and and he's playing this Donkey Kong game and then I was like maybe like what five maybe yeah. and I re- remember seeing this in the arcades and I just thought wow that's like crazy you can play this at home and later on like that year I think my parents got me a ColecoVision for Christmas. Bam, Donkey Kong, and ever since then, I was just like, I need gaming. I need this. Like, this is deep right now. <laughs> right on, man. Uh, I think I'll go next. The Okay, so look, the obvious answer for me, for anybody who's listened to us for any amount of time, is Fantasy Star, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. there, there's no surprise that I'm going to say that. That said, though, we're talking gamer for life, right? And there was a period, you know, in my late... 20s early mid 30s etc where i wasn't really gaming as much as i used to or if i was it was like shitty ipad games you know just kind of like just to pass the time here and there right Mm -hmm. i wasn't quite as immersed in it as i was before and i've told this story as well on the podcast before because we did do a persona 4 episode Mm, and i think persona 4 is the one that actually like you know, I'm in my mid 30s and I'm playing this game and I'm like, fuck, I forgot just how good 
video games can be. Like, this game is an absolute freaking delight. Also, mm-hmm. I forgot about, like, I remembered my, my fascination with Japan and Japanese culture as well <laughs> because of that game. That, that's the game, you know, that's the one that really brought me back, and I haven't left, and I don't think I intend on leaving. Arnie, are you Fair ready enough? yet? Yes. Uh, I I tried my hardest not to be basic, uh, but it's got to be Super Mario World. Um, ah. Just because, like, you know, that was one of my earliest gaming memories. I remember being five. We got a Super Nintendo. We had Aladdin and we had Super Mario World. And I love them both dearly to this day. But Super Mario World was definitely the one that I would say just made me believe that this was something I wanted to to be involved in for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, everything after that, like all the big ones I've always talked about, like Legend of Dragoon, uh, Persona 4, I think those sort of cemented that belief, but Mar- Super Mario World was the one that sort of built it. Um, so yeah, it's gotta be, gotta be. I wish it was more interesting yeah, than that. No, nah, dude, it doesn't <laughs> uh, have to be. That's, that's, a, that's a game I still love picking up every now yeah. and then and just it's really good. dying real quick yeah. and picking it up again. <laughs> and I played as Luigi because I played with my cousins oh. and I was smaller than them. Cool. On, on to you, Ozzy. <laughs> you know, I thought for a moment that we were all going to agree on Super Mario Brothers, but I guess I guess not. Um, 91 Baby. No, but in right terms here. of no, in terms of the games that the game that hooked me really literally it was Super Mario Brothers, the original mm-hmm. one. I mean, that's the game that that made me a gamer for life. But in terms of the game that made me, you know, stay a gamer and and continue to see the potential in games, that has to be Shadow of the Colossus. And and if you know me, like that's the very obvious answer. Mm-hmm. Like that game showed me the potential for games, you know, in terms of what it could bring to the table that no other medium could. Um, and I keep chasing that high. I don't think that any other game has really reached the heights of Shadow of the Colossus. I mean, they've gotten close, mm-hmm. but I don't think we've quite gotten there. But the idea that someday there might be one like that out there um, just keeps me in it, you know? Um, so that's the game that, you know, like Paul said with Persona, that's the one that just sealed it for me that, you know, told me I, I want to keep following this medium because I know that it could do some great, amazing things that no other medium yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah. Good answer, man. Good answer. Yeah. All right, cool. On that, let's take a break. And when we come back, a few more questions. All right, everyone, we're back. And our next question here comes from Games in a Light Box on Instagram. And this this is probably my favorite question. I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> this question is, what more can developers and fans do for diversity in gaming? So who, who, wants, to, who wants to take a bite off of this one to start off with? <laughs> Ozzy's raising I'll, his hand. I'll, there I'll, we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I'll take it. I mean, the, the reason why is because... As you guys know, I work in the law industry, and um, there's always a push in the law to have more diverse attorneys, etc. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've played a big part in my firm in trying to improve diversity, and so I've seen how difficult it is to uh, hire and retain diverse 
um, employee. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think it sounds simple, but honestly is you really need to create a pipeline. Yeah. You, you need to not only, you know, find good quality candidates there are out there, but you need to find some way in which you can, you know, teach these kids, you know, that there is potential for them to make the games that they love and that there is business in that and that there is a career in that, you know, and, and shepherd them through, you know, that potential pipeline. Um, so it really starts from a very early point in life um, because right now what you have is the people that are really like hustling and trying to get out there, they may eventually make it, but there are so many people out there that may have the talent that they just don't have the tools or they just don't have the confidence or whatever the case may be that they just lack the knowledge to actually break into the industry. And so I think creating a pipeline, I think this is something that, you know, the big industry, the, the big companies like Activision, like EA, they really need to do a better job. It's kind of like make it their social program, make it their social initiative, mm -hmm. you know, of, of trying to create something where, you know, it goes from school, you know, to eventually getting an internship, eventually getting a job, you know, and, and trying to develop, you know, the minds, you know, of more diverse, uh, you know, uh, developers. And the other thing is, once you do have those diverse developers in-house, you know, make sure that you treat them right. Make sure that, you to mentor them, make sure that you give them the right breaks, um, make sure that, you know, that you serve as a source of support. Because what happens many times, and I've seen this in my own field, is that people tend to gravitate towards others that look and have similar experiences to them. And that's subconscious, that's subconscious. It's not necessarily racist, it's not you know, because people have ill intent. It's just a natural human inclination of yeah. just you will gravitate towards the person that has a lot of affinity mm -hmm. to you, you know, that may have been raised with similar circumstances as you have. And so you kind of have to overcome that barrier. And what ends up happening is that a lot of the diverse employees just don't ever end up getting the opportunity to develop because they just don't fit into that mold because they're different from others. And so it takes an active effort. It, it really is an active mm -hmm. effort. And, you know, going from the developers to the fans, which is the other side of this, is just like fans have to stop this bullshit of just having this constant, you know, oh, you know, this is a Western European game. Why are there black people in here? You know, <laughs> yeah. stop that bullshit. Oh, man. It's a, it's a freaking fantasy game. It's The Witcher 3, mm -hmm. you know, just yeah. stop that, you know, just let, let games, let creativity flow don't you don't have to be a gatekeeper that's only holding creativity back mm -hmm. you know embrace different experiences you know don't you know don't confine yourself to just the tropes you yeah. know and i think that fans are probably the ones that just really need to have just a a, a mental adjustment towards accepting more diverse voices mm -hmm. especially for something so, that's a creative field right yeah. like okay yeah let's say i'm hiring an accountant right and let's say all the best accountants just happen to be white guys, right? I don't necessarily agree that the white guys should all be hired, but if someone came to me and said, well, all the best people are white guys, so that's what I'm going to hire. Okay, that's an argument, right? In a creative field, though, like, come on, you're, you definitely want diversity more, more than anything else, right? Like, you want mm -hmm. to hire women, you want to hire people of color who have different experiences and backgrounds because yep. they will have 
different ideas. They'll have they'll make games more rich than hiring your 100th white dude from MIT. Mm-hmm. Yep. Influenced by Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, and so it's a, it's a very difficult question, man. Yeah. And I don't think that it's easily solved. And I think, you know, the toxic culture just needs to go, man. Oh, I mean, boy. That's... <laughs> That's yeah. that's honestly that's the the elephant in the yeah. room when you raise this question and and I hate to say it but it's made me think about just leaving games altogether mm-hmm. because I I just don't want to be associated with that kind of toxic environment. Um so that's that's one of the things that we need to actively combat and to be honest we as gamers need to stand up for diverse voices, you know. I I am a minority. Uh Anthony's a minority. Uh Arnie's a minority. Paul, you're Portuguese, Canadian, um, but <laughs> I guess you technically count as white. Uh, my yeah, no, is I, I'm pretty white, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, we even, you know, we need to have white, you know, allies. You know, minority voices need to have white allies. And when someone is getting harassed, you know, even if this is not something that is affecting you, you need to stand up for mm-hmm. them. Um, and, and I think we need to do better at that. Don't let the trolls overwhelm the discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need yeah. to step in and, and, and do something about yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I agree. It's, it's funny. You know, I saw this question and immediately mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, this can go, this can get political very, very fast. Yeah. But this isn't, this doesn't have anything to do with politics, man. Like don't grab the woman's ass at work. Okay, <laughs> that's how you improve diversity in the workplace. You see a chick, don't grab her ass. Okay, don't ask her out. Don't make moves on her. Fuck off. Yeah, man. I mean, I know that Ubisoft has been having a ton of yeah. issues with that. And, yeah. And uh, honestly, I mean, that's just one of those things where I see it, you know, in corporate America, it's just very prevalent. Mm-hmm. You know, the bad apples just they stay there and they are allowed to just do whatever they want just because they bring in the money or because they have some sort of talent. Um, You know, corporations need to be held accountable. Management needs to be held accountable. If you guys are not doing a good job being, you know, overseers of this company, you need to be held to account. Um, I I think that, you know, we're getting to a point where it's no longer good enough to just be about shareholder profit. Mm -hmm. You know, corporate responsibility is becoming more of a thing. And I think that Jen... Uh, Gen Z is very mindful of that and I think that it's it's my hope at the very least I have to have some hopes in this mm-hmm. world you know in this year of our Lord 2020 <laughs> I need to have some hope guys um, <laughs> you know I do hope that corporations are held to account a lot more yeah and you know what yeah. like I just it's such a shame that these corporations aren't more forward thinking and they don't take more risks because when you hire a more diverse set of people to make more diverse games like breakout games don't just like they're not already invented you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like i know it's safe to make a call of duty game every year i know that but we we can do better and it can be profitable it's just that i think we've entered this cycle now where much like i mean like blockbuster video you know i mean blockbuster is so focused on protecting their video business on doing what they do best that they're like ah this streaming thing nah but that's you know what i mean like that's not how i think game companies should be looking at it either but i mean what do i know i'm just some 
<laughs> no, but Paul, I mean, but that happens, and that's not only endemic to video games, yeah. man. I mean, it, it happens in the film industry. It happens in the music industry. I mean, corporate, you know, corporate uh, managers, their main concern is making sure that they don't make the company lose money. Yeah. And so they're not going to take a big swing on something that, you know, may be risky. They're not going to take a big swing on a new voice simply because, hey, you know, this might pan out. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a very particular scenario in which you could have a company just, you know, proliferate a ton of, you know, a ton of creativity. And it has to be just sticking with a game idea. It has to be like early years Konami where the management was just like, OK, we have a bunch of people just do something, yeah. you know, just just go for it. And they had the talent to yeah. do it. Or, you know, 1990 Squaresoft, where they were like, okay, we have a ton of money from Final Fantasy VII, go, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. do whatever. Um, you know, it's it's a very particular point in time and, and a lot of factors coming together for that to happen. Mm. Because at the end of the day, once you're a corporation and you have shareholders, your interest is making sure that you don't get fired because you made the company lose a ton yeah, of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyhow, Ozzy, yeah, you, and, you and I have been kind of dominating this discussion. Like, do you <laughs> do, do you guys have anything else to add here? Uh, I mean, generally, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with Ozzy. I think that the the ultimate, the fundamental change is going to come from way before you're ever part of the video game industry, right? Like, the I'm I'm actually surprised that some of these companies haven't put a lot more resources into sort of you know, cultivating a crop of people who are trained from early on to want to do these sorts of jobs and then push them up and push their visions, push their sort of work in that way. Yeah. Um, I don't think the ultimate solution is going to be this, but I do like that the indie space is, you know, growing as big as it has and, and is sort of that sort of entry point for a lot of people who would maybe not have gotten an opportunity to give their visions life if you know if all they had was like these big triple a developers i'm glad that there's tools out there so people can ply their trade right if i want to be a video game designer i can go online i can download some of these tools i can start working my way up from a very small to eventually bigger projects and we've seen that you know to give great gamers a, a little bit a modic just a little tiny bit of credit um they they've they have supported small projects like that there have been indie projects that have gotten massive you know massive 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 work done and they've they've been huge and they've been extremely successful um so it, it you know it's just proving the same thing over and over again like you said paul if you have a diverse if you have a more diverse workforce if you have a diversity of perspectives and opinions opinions and beliefs you will get more deep more in, uh, in interesting more immersive projects out of these people because yeah. you can't you as a single person cannot develop the scope you know that'll cover the wide array that is the gaming audience you know there's always going to be room i think for new voices to be heard and so i guess ultimately i'm hopeful that whether it's through the the growth of this indie movement that we've seen, you know, come full full circle now, I think, to uh, sort of compete with these bigger companies, um, or whether it's companies sort of taking that initiative themselves and being like, hey, we need to sort of create an environment 
that allows for this sort of thing because we want to sort of break out, you know? And especially in this era where, you know, Microsoft just bought Bethesda for like $7.5 billion, especially now when you're seeing these big mega corporations sort of consolidating everything into these giant monolithic corporations, like people are going to be starving for new, diverse, interesting content. Because not to, you know, not to, again, not to hate on any of these big companies, but this is not, these big mergers, these big acquisitions very rarely lead to a blossoming of creative ideas, right? It's sort of like, what are the big projects? Let's do that again every single time until it doesn't work anymore. And then we'll, I don't know, we'll add some filters and some loot boxes and make it a battle royal, I guess. Um, (laughs) so I think, you know, if this keeps happening and Microsoft has said they're opening to buy, they're open to buying other companies. Sony has definitely shown that they'll do it too. Like, I think the time is now for people to start like game companies, these smaller developers to start sort of opening up and maybe taking some swings to see if they can sort of rise up a little bit because the options right now, I think, are get bought or get crushed. I mean, I think. You know, a lot of these big companies, what they, what happens is a, a lot of developers burn mm-hmm. out and that's what causes them to go to like start their own stuff and go the indie route. Mm-hmm. So if these big companies don't really get their shit together, this is what's going to happen. And we've seen how the indie, the indie, just the life of the indie games right now has just expanded so much. Yeah. 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 And I hope, like you said, like Arnie said, I hope that like a company like, like Microsoft and, and Sony, I hope that they give that creative freedom to these developers when they buy them. And it's not just a, you know, just a title like, Oh, we're just going to have a new doom game and it's only going to be us. So how many, how many great games have started with like, and it was made by these veteran developers that defected from this big giant corporation and made this like really cool, unique experience that everybody loves now. It's pretty, it's pretty often, man. Like just like just this year, I played banner saga, right? Like that's, that's one of them. Right. So, from Bioware. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that, yep. Yeah, and yep. to be fair, I mean, just just to, to close it out, I know you want to move no, on. No, no, no. But there have there there have been a few games that have you know been made through diverse voices. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, for example, uh, Never Alone, which was made with the Inuit people, mm-hmm. um, you know, of uh, of uh, the Canadian region. Um, Paul, you're more. <laughs> no, you, you, know, you got it. Nation, you got it. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the First Nation, you know, First Nations people. I mean, that was interesting. There's this uh, uh, game based on, on Hindu culture that's coming out, or it already came mm-hmm. out recently. So, um, we're seeing a few more games, but you know, man, I mean, I would love to see a game made by you know Native Americans from the United States. You know, I would love to see games made by. I don't know, like the the Aztec people or like the you know the the native you know uh, people of Latin America. You know, I I would love to see different voices. I would love to see you know games from let's say the, the Afro Caribbean you know culture that I hail from. You know, in Cuba, um, that that would be fantastic. So I hope someone makes it. I I really do look forward to a future where you know we're seeing all these types of different experiences. Yeah, me too. And I hope I hope they become hits because that's yeah. the other thing that. Yeah. You know, that kind of has to happen, whether we like it or not. Mm. So, anyhow. So, next question here. This is another good one. Free Radical Dave on Instagram asks, what are your honest opinions about Instagram and how other gamers use it? This is this is loaded right here. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, why don't you start us off? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... 
It depends. I mean, you, you got a lot of creative people on Instagram and I love going on there. And even when I'm not posting, like I haven't posted anything in like two months. And it's I love just going on there and seeing some of my favorite people just post things. Yeah. Um, when I first got on Instagram, it was interesting because it really reminded me of why I loved gaming so much. Yeah. And I'm constantly reminded of that. I'm also reminded that I'm missing a lot of games in my collection. So <laughs> thanks, Instagram. Um, but for the most part, man, I have a good time on Instagram. Everybody's so supportive. You know, you got your little, you got your bad apples here and there. You got your your influencers popping up here and there, you know. But other than that, man, it, it, it's really cool. I met you guys on Instagram, you know, and to me, I'm good. I, I'm, I've, I've achieved everything I needed to achieve on Instagram. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy? I mean... Look, I, I was talking about this the other day with my fiance, and in a way, Instagram kind of saved me. Um, when I started out my Instagram, I I was going to my therapist. I was dealing with really bad depression. And so one of the things that he recommended was, look, find something that you love and find other people that like, uh, you know, that and, and, and chat with them. And so... I, I went on Instagram kind of reluctantly and I started seeing that there were people that had pages just dedicated to games. You know, to me, that was not something that you really saw. And so, you know, I started following these people and eventually I decided, you know, to overcome my social anxiety and just, you know, make an Instagram myself. Um, so, you know, I started developing very good friendships there and I really enjoyed my time with it. Um, I, I thought that it really served its purposes. Everything you know that we're doing now is because of Instagram. This podcast came through Instagram. Yeah. Um, so I have one of my best friends is you know someone I met through Instagram. Um, so you're my best friend too. Uh, thank, thank you, thank you, Arne. thank you, thank you. Um, Sorry. Yeah, it's uh, you know I, I don't know what I would do without Arnie in my life. So I, <laughs> He is your screensaver. <laughs> I always thank uh, I always thank Mark Zuckerberg for that. Um, so, um, yeah, but the reality of it though is that I've outgrown mm -hmm. it. You know, in the first instance, a lot of the people that I followed when I started out um, have left. Um, they've gotten burned out, I think, and so they've decided to just um, you know just shut down their Instagram. Some of them deleted. Some of them just keep like a legacy page. Um, uh, other reasons are that, you know, there's a constant rotation of new people joining Instagram all the time. Um, and the average lifespan, I would say, of an account uh, being active is about a year and a half. I've just kind of analyzed it. And that's that's kind of the amount of time that an account really stays yeah, active, yeah. you know. But um, and then they just kind of hang out there. Some people leave, some people stay. Um, but what I've seen also as well is that it has that the gamer um, you know, the gamer culture, you know, has really blown up the, the streamer culture, the Twitch, you know, the influencer culture has blown up. And so now what I'm seeing a lot more of is people that are more about building a brand than necessarily about sharing their experiences with video games. Mm -hmm. I remember when I started, it used to be called, we used to have this hashtag called Retro Collective. That's how I met all of you guys. And so there was Retro Collective Europe, Retro Collective uh, USA, etc. And so we all had a common thing. We we all liked retro games mm -hmm. and we would chat about them. Um, 
now it just seems like there's a hashtag for everything and it just seems like it's just like almost everything it's just gotten so big that it just kind of loses some of its cozy feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember Paul when there was this account called Eight Bit Yarns. <laughs> Fuck that, that guy. That would every <laughs> once in a while, you know, spin a yarn, and his uh, his profile picture was uh, Ryu Hayabusa in Ninja Gaiden. So, yeah. um, <laughs> looking to I, the right. I remember that dude. I don't know what happened to that dude. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of things that have you know really thrown me off instagram and as we've gotten on with the podcast i've just decided to focus my energy on the podcast and not necessarily instagram the other day i posted for the first time in a long while and you know people started replying which i love you know but but then i was like all right i need to take time now to like reply to everyone and I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I, you know it's 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 time because i, I do want to reply to everyone so um yeah, those are kind of my thoughts on Instagram. It it was good for what it was, and uh, I appreciate it because it gave me a lot of good things. But I think it served its purpose. <laughs> Arnie, you probably have a more unique perspective, eh? Because you're the you're old, running our page, and you seem to be having fun with it. The old IG. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm never gonna be able to talk shit on Instagram just because, like Ozzy said, this I wouldn't be sitting here right now if I didn't I didn't make my Instagram right. Um, but I mean, you know, nothing's perfect. Um, I do have, I think my, my perspective, like you said, is a little bit unique because I started my own page and I sort of abandoned it to do this, to be the social media guy for this page. And I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it has its ups and it has its downs. Like when I post a picture and it doesn't do well, it, it, you know, it, it hurts, man. It hurts. Um, Cause it, because I think more so because with my page, I didn't really give a shit because it was more <laughs> so about meeting people, talking to people, you know, doing that thing. And this page is also about that. But ultimately the goal for this is as a conduit for this show. And so yeah. if the page isn't growing, if the page isn't doing well, then I feel like it's hurting the product. Right. And I yeah. never thought that I'd be somebody who'd, who'd be in that mindset. And I think it puts me in sort of that influencer mode where you know, I agree with Ozzy that a lot of stuff has really changed, even in the short time that I've been here, um, where now it's a lot more influencer based, a lot more product stuff. It's a lot more hashtaggy. Um, there's not as much discussion and there is still like a core of people that I follow very closely on our page and we talk a lot in comments and we direct message and I love having that that core group that I know that I can always talk to because if it wasn't for that then this would be truly truly a, a Sisyphean task of pushing this goddamn boulder up this hill um, <laughs> because I honestly like it really is you know like Ozzy said I think people just burn out they just burn out on this because Instagram sort of wants you to keep posting and posting and posting and posting if you want anybody to even see you or or realize that you're like I've forgotten I've I've lost track of accounts that I follow religiously and one day I'll be like oh yeah that's that guy and I'll realize that I haven't seen like 20 of their pictures for months yeah and I just like oh my god like now this person probably thinks that I like hate them and I've been ignoring them this whole time but it really is like if you don't feed the beast then it just it just buries you completely so it's it's hard to keep up that kind of output. Um, yeah. And it's hard, especially hard when you don't have a group of people that share that interest, you know, like the fact that I can post something up and I know that I'll always get a certain group of people commenting and interacting. And when I post stories up, they answer my questions and they do all that stuff. Like that's really 
what what keeps me there at this point because the the posting is tedious like i'm not even gonna sit here and pretend like i'm having <laughs> yeah. now it's a little more fun because now like my girlfriend helps me out with it and we go out and we do like outdoor stuff and we set things up and we go hiking so there's like there's like a in-between thing that also includes that but if it was just about you know setting games up on a shelf to take pictures of them i i don't know that i'd still be doing it at least not as frequently as i am right now exactly yeah the the frequency is like because you're especially this month you're doing it like every day right <laughs> every single and day and that's and that's a lot man like and that's the, that's that's one of the things about instagram dude like i it, it's like fuck man it's like virtually every other aspect of technology where it has its pros and it has its cons and mm-hmm. you see the pros really closely when you're starting out right you know where yeah. you're talking to all these new people you're making friends and you know if you're unlucky like me you get a podcast and and so on right <laughs> and you're shackled to it forever oh my god i'll never break free <laughs> but at the same time instagram is also like every other piece of software now where it is designed to keep you on it for as long as possible and i am very very cognizant of that when i use it and i am as addicted as anybody else i mean like less so now because i'm so hyper aware of it but believe me i am like everybody else where i instinctively pull up my phone and instinctively go to instagram without even realizing what i'm doing right So, like, yeah, I I like it because I like seeing these games that I've never heard of. I mean, even just today, uh, there was a Sega Saturn game someone posted, a uh, Japanese Sega Saturn game. I was like, whoa, I've never heard of this before. And then I was like, whoa, it's $300. Okay, well, I guess I'll <laughs> yeah. never know what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'll say this. I, I've gotten in trouble more than once for looking at my phone too much for not paying attention yeah. when somebody's talking to me for you know and it and it you know every morning it's instagram it's twitter like just to keep up right yeah. um and so now like a byproduct of that i think has become kind of what you're talking about paul that i've i've been slowly but surely getting into more and more esoteric video game content to keep my interest up because i'm like I, I can only look at your picture of Contra for the 575th time before I'm like, I've, I've seen Contra, you know? I now know, it's like, I know. Oh, now I'm seeing like prototypes and like one of one PS1 memory cards for beta system units. Like this is the only thing that now gets my, my blood pumping at like a higher than normal elevation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, now exactly. Listen to us. We sound so so freaking jaded. Like, <laughs> you know, no, but it's so true. Sad. But like, I Frank did, I did say like yeah. there are pros, right? Yeah. I mean, some of the pros are sitting right here in front of me. Yeah, and and that's all well and good. It's just that you know, sadly now I'm I'm very very cognizant of exactly what this software and not just Instagram. We're talking, you know, we're talking Facebook. We're talking. Just we're talking freaking email, anything, anything <laughs> at all that sends me a notification on my phone. I am now just very, very aware that they are not here to help me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. anyway, I guess that's where we all stand on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, that being said, I love the people that I talk to. I love doing it. And if I had to go back and do it again, I'd do the exact same thing. So it, it, I know me too. Yeah. Me too. Right. Like, so it can't be that clearly. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, so next. <laughs> oh boy, those were two good ones. So back to the gaming more 
<laughs> you know, uh, what is a uh, game controller reviews asks, mm. what is your favorite third party game controller, classic or modern? Yes. Okay, I mean, Anthony, you're you're like uh, nodding. I'll go first. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think uh my favorite, um I got this for the Xbox the original Xbox. It was the um the Logitech Precision controllers. Ooh. Ooh, and they know. were the first like wireless controller I had. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you buy a third party controller and it's it sometimes it's really wonky, it doesn't really work right. Yeah, yeah. Yo, this thing, true to its name, it was really precise, man. <laughs> like this thing was really good. <laughs> It was really good. Like it was like the first wireless controller I, I I really played with, and it it really like it was better than anything X that Microsoft even had. Mm-hmm. It was perfect, and it it was so good that I wound up getting the same ones for the PS for my PS2. So, yeah, I would say that's by by far that's my favorite controller, <laughs> third party. Cool, Arnie. What about you? The word favorite really sort of makes this question real difficult for me because I don't know that I've enjoyed very many of them. The one that immediately springs to mind when I hear the words third-party controller is always those freaking N64 controllers that didn't have the two uh, extensions on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those were always those classic, classic little brother controller. Classic, like <laughs> <laughs> when you go to a public space that had like an N64. Those were the ones that were always plugged in. You yeah, were hoping yeah. it the game wasn't Mario Party, so you wouldn't shred your hand on the like third-party joystick they had on those. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I don't know. I feel like I I had a couple of third-party original Xbox controllers that I really enjoyed, um, just because they were a little smaller and. I I was never like the Duke was not my friend. So those were always like ones that I really enjoyed. (laughs) Um, But there was no I don't think there's ever been a third party controller that I've like used more than the intended controller for the system. Yeah. Yeah. I was the same way. But those really got me. (laughs) Logitech. (laughs) Ozzy, I think I think I might know what your answer is. But at the same time, the the question anyway, Ozzy. I mean, uh, the the reality is that I never use third party game controllers, so <laughs> so I don't know. But having said that, having said that, just in principle, just in principle, I will say the Hori Nintendo sixty four yep. controller. Ah, because it's the only Nintendo sixty four controller that was actually correct. <laughs> cool. So yeah. yeah, so that's the that's the only one. It's the only Nintendo sixty four controller that actually made the system better. Yeah. Interesting. So that was the pro that was one problem I did have is that Hori was a brand that I always wanted to try and I was always priced out of it. Like the Hori GameCube controller that looks like a Super Nintendo controller, that thing looks great. Like I would love to to own that thing. Um, but they are like so insanely expensive and the N64 one's even worse. I think there's a company called like Retro Fighters or something that yeah. recently yeah, made, made yeah. a yeah. Dreamcast controller um, that I really yeah. want to try. Like that looks like it would solve all my problems with that system. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did, was that the answer you were expecting, Paul? No, or, or I was. It... You know what? It's the fact that it says third party. So like <laughs> I kind of thought you might go with the Sega Bass Fishing, like the Dreamcast fishing ah. controller. But oh, it's first yeah. party, no, I so it doesn't party. really count. Yeah, it's yeah. first party. But yeah, there is one those. that I'm I'm a little bit surprised nobody said, but I guess it's because none of us own it because it's just way too cool for any of us to own. Is it the chainsaw controller? Also pretty cool. <laughs> That's not the one, though. I'm talking the Xbox Steel Battalion Oof. controller. Ooh. 
which is yes. the holy grail, I think, yeah. of third-party controllers. I, I mean, I'm yeah. so happy that that thing even exists. So <laughs> even though I don't my have favorite. it, that's my favorite. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. Even though I don't have it, that's my that's, favorite. That's my favorite. Yeah. All the great controllers <laughs> are just either really rare or really expensive or both. Like the uh, what's yeah. the PS One like dual stick like analog flight controller? That thing yeah, looks yeah. crazy uh, cool. Yeah, that's that one's really cool too. Yeah, I mean the the Negcon is also great. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the Negcon for the uh, for the original PS One mm-hmm. that Namco yep. made, um, that was great for Rich Racer. Yeah. Yeah. If Jeff was um, on here, he would have had a better answer for you. <laughs> well, Jeff immediately would have gone Densha to go. Of course. Yeah, yeah, the train, the train <laughs> controller, man. It's got a cup holder, bro. Like you can't beat that. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 I mean, I, I think that's the fine line in this question. Where do you go from? You're talking about a controller to you're talking about an accessory. Yeah. I mean, is it uh, some of those things I would probably put more on the side of an accessory, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. But there's still a controller because you're still using it to control something on the screen. So. And the correct answer is Wavebird for anybody who's who's actually interested. Oh, but that's Wavebird, first party yeah. though, dude. Oh, is it? That's first party. Man. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought, I thought that's, it was that's third. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we even yeah, talked we, about yeah. that on the Mike oh, Tyson's right. Punch-Out episode. You're right. Oh, you're right. man, yeah. how, how soon we forget. forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 40 lashes for me. All right, guys, let's take another break. And when we come back, we'll uh, we'll finish up our, our other questions here. everyone we're back so our next question here from our listeners uh this one comes from it bleeds pixels which i fucking love that that name i know right love that (laughs) uh the question is and this is like this is like the question of betrayal almost what gaming podcasts do you listen to the region free gamers podcast (laughs) i know that's the one i listen to (laughs) you mean there's other podcasts out there (laughs) um i'll go first i've i've mentioned them before yeah. Chris and Shane over at Retro Hangover, mm-hmm. they do a really fun show. They they really do. And uh they're they're the most recent one I listened to was on Ninja Gaiden, which they call Ninja Gaiden, which the we correct should call Ninja pronunciation. Gaiden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun show. Um their approach is slightly different than ours. And mm-hmm. uh, and I think that there is plenty of room for both of us to coexist happily. I've been on their show a couple times before as well. <laughs> and uh yeah, it's. I think it's a lot of fun, and um, I don't know, man. I I want to say retro knots, but I haven't really listened to very much retro knots recently. I found I found that their the subject matter sometimes doesn't really interest me too much more yeah. often than not these days. But Arnie, you turned me on to one, which was oh, did uh, I? yeah, the um, man, what did they call it? Like, oh, how did this get played? How did this get played? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one's a lot of fun too. Yeah, I love that show. Um, I do, I do, I have a, I'm a big podcast listener just cause I, I work from home. Uh, so I often, when I'm reading through piles and piles of documents, I will play podcasts. Um, so I have a few like Retronauts is one that I, when I started listening to podcasts was a big one for me. Um, yeah. and it really inspired, I think a lot of my 
early stuff, like when we started the podcast. Yeah. Um, but now it's sort of become that like pick and choose. Like if they're talking about something I'm interested in, I'll listen. Uh, and then some of the other stuff I don't as as much. How did this get played? I love I I'm working my way through their back catalog right now. Um, there was another one I used to listen to called watch out for fireballs, which was really fun. Um, (laughs) but they do their podcasts are like three hours long. Like they do some deep dives into, into video games. Um, and there was one more, uh, that I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Um, I have to, I have to, what I have to do is I have to give a shout out to, uh, clutch kitten gaming, uh next yeah. aka indie slice pod which i used to listen to until it ended um which was great uh and that's about it man like i i've i've steered clear of a lot of the really big video game podcasts for the most part like i don't do sacred symbols i don't do giant bomb i don't do ign um mostly because i think a lot of those are focused on like reviews and news and things of that nature and i'm just it just doesn't it doesn't grab me as much like i've tried some of them and i just can't not for long stretches Um, i I like i mean when i'm listening to podcasts personally i i enjoy i enjoy people who are just friends and i like banter and once you start getting to be a little bit too journalisty you kind of lose me that's Mm -hmm. just me personally though i mean you know there there's a place for all of these things of course yeah anthony what about you um yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say, man, Indie sliced. Rest in peace, man. That was that was a good one. Oh run. man, James's voice is like a warm hug. Oh god, <laughs> like I wouldn't mind him reading me books either, oh, man. Just, <laughs> at night, just audio. I'm gonna just send James books, and he could record and just send it back to me. I'll just play it before I go to sleep. Yeah, man. yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, retro hangover. Yeah, I started listening to them too. Um, but ever since I, ever since uh, all this COVID stuff, man, I don't, I don't commute. And that's when I used to, when I used to take the train. That's when I used to listen to everything, yeah. anything, because I would have so much time. Um, I'd even dip into the IGN stuff at the end of the mm-hmm. week just because I had nothing else to listen to. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of funny. I like that podcast because, like you said, Paul, they kind of just banter and they just they're just friends, just bullshitting, yes. talking yes. about everything they did the weekend. Which I really, I that's I, I love that kind of style too. So um, other than that, yeah, that's pretty much yeah. it. Though I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot to add. I mean, I think that I'm with a lot of you guys. When I first started out with our podcast, Retronauts was really my model. I I wanted to emulate Retronauts, and really that's what, you know, I thought was our gold standard. And, you know, they they were really good for a long time. I I honestly, I still think that Jeremy Parrish is one of the best journalists, probably the best journalist out there right now in the games industry. Um. I think the problem with them is that they really got a little bit too ambitious for themselves when they try to make it a full-time thing. Um, and so they just started pumping out content and content and content. And so, I don't know, for some reason, I just haven't felt, you know, compelled by them mm-hmm. anymore. And, um, you know, I I don't mind Bob Mackie, but he's, he's kind of worn me out. <laughs> um, I've gotten to the point where I, I just, you know, his style is just not to my liking anymore. And that's fine. I mean, everyone has different personalities. And you gravitate towards a podcast because you like the personalities that you're hearing. So if you don't like the personalities that you're hearing, then you don't really have a point in listening to them. But uh, just like Arnie said, I used to listen to Clutch Kid and Gaming because I really loved the way that he edited that podcast. I loved his voice. Um, I thought he has a 
great podcasting voice. Um, but at the moment right now, I'm literally not listening to any other game <laughs> podcast. I mean, the only one that I listen to is is us just because I want to make sure that, you know, it's not because I want to listen to ourselves talk because I already was <laughs> in the episode. Um, yeah. So sometimes, sometimes I'm not on the episode and I listen yeah. to them, but... Other times it's just because I want to make sure that, you know, that the quality is still good and that I, I just want to be kind of a quality check, like a quality assurance for us, you know, just to make sure that things are working, you know, as we want them to be and that we're not losing that that charm. And if there's anything that we need to course correct, which thankfully we really haven't had to do a lot of that. Um, you know, we had a lot of trial and error in the first year, but, Whew. you know, we've gotten into a groove, <laughs> you know, over the past, you know, year or so. and. Now, now our trial and errors is just things like Twitch and stuff. Yeah, so. I know. It's all technology related. <laughs> yeah. We got but, this ironed out. What can we do to complicate yeah, exactly. this more? Now? We're never satisfied yeah, but, for too long. But no, but I, I mean, I, I, the thing, my gaming content, I take it in through either reading. I, I read a lot of Eurogamer um, or YouTube. Yeah. I, I have a lot of YouTubers that I like to follow and, um, and they're doing some really good stuff. And, and you know, I like the way that they edited, the, they edit their stuff and they have similar tastes. So, um, yeah, I mean, so podcasts just kind of get left behind. So in terms of podcasts, what I listen to a lot is just political stuff, which we don't want to talk about. <laughs> no, again. no, 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 we don't. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Collector's Quest podcast yep. too which is yeah. really peerless honestly yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're like really into the nitty-gritty and minutia yeah. of collecting video games so many bizarre interesting facts on that show the hosts <laughs> are great too so yeah shout out to uh to collector's quest as well uh next question here this this one's fun so Ezla and midna ask what do you guys do when you're not playing games and we've kind of we've kind of touched on this before, right? Yeah, like we had sort before. of like a, yeah. a region free episode zero where we where we kind of talked about this kind of thing. And and we are going to do sort of like interview style episodes with all the hosts. That's going to be coming up over the next little while as well. Um, so, you know, there's there's stuff that I've mentioned on the show before, you know, like hiking and camping and woodworking in my mm. garage and stuff like that. Personally, uh, today I finally got some pork bones and made a giant <laughs> pot like stew <laughs> no dude that's boring no i made broth <laughs> no but specifically i made broth for ramen so i made ah, about like nine oh. liters of pork bone broth oh with vegetables and so on i had the day off from wow. work today and this was like my day project <laughs> and we had some for dinner and it was fucking delicious i'm not even gonna lie i nailed it i'm so happy with it <laughs> i didn't play any video games at all today um that's what i was doing it was yeah. ramen you should be honest paul it's it's editing it's bringing this noise into people's brains is what you oh really dude do. yeah i mean that's <laughs> yes obviously <laughs> without saying without saying oh lord I mean, for, for me, brutally, brutally honest answer, I, I'll be completely brutally honest about this. There are two things that I do when I'm not gaming, not yeah. counting work and all that other boring, boring stuff. I, I I read the news and I scour <laughs> for video games. <laughs> That's, yeah. I, I'm being absolutely brutally honest, ha hand on my heart. Um, if you're listening, Leslie, my fiance. I'm coming clean on the podcast. Uh, that's what I do all the time. <laughs> awesome. Anthony, what about you, man? 
Man, um, when I'm not gaming, well, I, I, I've been cleaning a lot now the past six months <laughs> since I've been home. You know, I got this, I got with the, one of the robot vacs. Oh, oh yeah. The Roomba? That, yeah, like, but not even the Roomba. I didn't have Roomba money. I just had, like, you know, I had a, <laughs> a Roombito money. That, that fall of the truck Roomba. Yeah. Ozzy thinks I buy everything with a fallen truck, man. <laughs> hey, hey. The Briac suspects. Oh man, yeah, man. I, over the past six months, but that thing, that thing has just like elevated my cleanliness levels. Like I'm like all over the place. I can't stop cleaning the apartment, man. My my like, favorite normal, thing about your version of cleaning was when you said I clean a lot more. The robot does it all for me. <laughs> <there's a> robot. <laughs> he facilitates the cleaning. Man. He I cleans by I tell Han all the time. I, I tell Han all the time. Like, man, I just finished sweeping. I need to relax right now. <laughs> Here was I, I was picturing Anthony with a broom and everything, and here he just nah, man, I like, got the duster, I'm mopping after him. I'm like, it's ridiculous, man. But like, um, when things are normal, though, like you know, when society's back to normal, um, man, what did I used to do? Hmm. You went to the Yankees games. Used to go to the gym. Yeah. Used to used to go drinking, but I've managed to keep drinking, so that's good. Oh, good, good. Um. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to like, you know. He's kept all the positive influences in his life. We need a reason to live here. <laughs> For real. All right. And, and listen, since since Jeff is not here, let me just add, I also like to travel. Um, <laughs> so I just oh, wanted to throw yeah, that man. out there. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a while since life has been normal. So it's it's kind of like every day's been Groundhog Day for the past six months, really. Yeah. 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 Arnie? I mean, not counting this podcast, uh, sleep. Uh, <laughs> nice. You know. Yeah, it it really like in a good way. I'm not trying to make this sound like oh my god, I hate my life so much. Um, but yeah, no, it's a <laughs> lot of reading about video games, writing outlines, like checking Instagram and Twitter, and doing all that good shit. Um, and then you know, just relaxing, man. Like honestly, the weekends are really when I I go out. I'm hiking a lot more now. I'm doing a lot more outdoor stuff. Yeah. Um. I used to go to the gym like five, six days a week, and I haven't in like six months. So <laughs> that's been a change. Um. But you were getting so swole, you know, dude. I yeah. I was telling Paul um <laughs> last week I've lost like twenty twenty five pounds. Um. Yeah. Just in the in the two in the six months that I've been inside. Um. Because I started running. I was running for a little bit. Um. But yeah, no, it really is like it's. It, I've gotten into a good rhythm of having a a time where i game a time where i you know engage in other activities either by myself or with my girlfriend and then the rest of the time is just split between work and this which is becoming like a, an incredibly fun hobby um I, it's funny because i'm always worried about that day i'll wake up and i'll just be like i don't want to fucking do this anymore and it it hasn't <laughs> happened yet, you know? Like, I'm just expecting one day the other shoe's going to drop and I'm just going to, like, rip this microphone arm off my desk and throw it down the street or something. Um, well, the key is that this doesn't get tiring. What's happening yeah. right now, this doesn't get tiring. Right. Like, yeah. that's, that's the thing, right? So, yeah. I mean, there may be demands outside of this chatter that's going on here and that, but, like, yeah. it always comes back to this. And so... Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what it's all about. And, yeah. you know, this really actually segues very nicely into another question here. Uh, Sam and his video games asks, video game burnout, how do you deal with it and why does it happen? And I think 
I think in a roundabout way, we just kind of answered that, right? Like, I think the key really is yeah. to just not yeah. play fucking video games all the time and make yeah. sure you have yeah. other interests, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it's. I think yeah. it's super yeah, yeah, key yeah, to always have one other major thing that you enjoy doing regularly that you can pivot to at any one moment, whether it's watching movies or TV or whether it's going out, being active, hanging out with friends, making puzzles, whatever the fuck it is you need to do to just not be in front of a TV with a controller in your hand. And I mean, honestly, I'll be honest, sometimes, um, and this is probably negative behavior on my part, but sometimes like hair of the dog that bit you'll do it. Like, you know, if you're stuck playing a bunch of RPGs and you're just like, I can't do another hundred hour commitment. Like sometimes just playing a short one hour, two hour, 30 minute game, like will sort of cleanse the palate a little bit and you can, come back to some other stuff later on down the road. Um, yeah. I think it's it's just about variety. It's just about changing up whatever it is that you're doing that you're just tired of doing, whether you stay in that video game box or you go outside to something else that you like. I think I'm going to add too is to recognize when a game is being purposely addictive. Yeah. And I'm looking at you, yeah. Slay the Spire, because i love slay the spire yeah but there was a period where i was playing it and i just hated myself every time because i i knew that it was just an addictive style of game Mm. and i think that's the also a thing that can lead to burnout is when you're like when you have that kind of like urge like i gotta play this i gotta play it recognize that and then dump her dump that game because it's not doing you any good trust me yeah i love slay the spire though also fuck slay the spire anyway ozzy go ahead no i mean i i'll be very honest and i've said this before on the podcast i have been on a video game burnout i think for the last two years i i I love video games i god knows i have accumulated (laughs) too many video games this year in particular um, but the act of playing the video games themselves has not given me the same thrill as I used to have. Um, the, the collecting aspect, which I thought I would never do has just kind of overtaken it. Just the idea of having access to all these different games that I mm. would like to try and I would like to see, you know, what their history behind it was that has kind of overtaken it. But I think a big part of it is not only life demands. I really think life demands yeah. are a huge part of it, you know, just everything else just wearing you down where you feel like once you're playing games it's like you're not being productive um and you're doing something wrong that's something that there's no real easy fix for that you just have to kind of you know tell yourself it's fine it's fine to Mm -hmm. give yourself that time but in my case in particular it's just that you know sometimes i just don't find that game that grabs me you know i i I said it before you know I, i i play shadow of the colossus and i thought you know this is what games can be and Every single time that I play a video game, I keep chasing that high and I don't always find it. And for the most part, I would say 90% mm-hmm. of the time I strike out. Um, and then there's a 10% that can be, I don't know, a Wisher 3, you know, which is something that keeps me going over and over and over again. Or a Dark Souls that I just love to play. And it just every time that I have a little bit of free time, I just want to pump it into it. You know, it's just understanding that, you know, your tastes may change over time. You know, you will have different, you know, you will have a different palette, you know, over time. And and you may be more selective as time wears on. And that's perfectly fine. 
You don't have to play every single game that comes out. You don't have to play The Last of Us Part Two or Ghost of Tsushima or every yeah. other open world game that comes out. You know, one of them may be, mm. you know, the one that hooks you, you know. So so try it. And if there's one game or two games or three games that are just not working out for you, mm. it's fine to drop them. It's it's honestly fine to drop them. I, I've got past that mental hurdle of like, if I buy a game, I need to finish it. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I just don't yeah, have time Yeah, very, very anymore. important to realize that. So, yeah, Anthony. Uh, Anthony, you got anything yeah. to add here? No, I mean, um, it's it's funny. Like Ozzy said, man, I, it's rare that I just sit there and play a game for that long. Like like what you pull. Like I just I know when. Okay, I'm done. You know, like I'll play the game and I'm just like 30 minutes in and I'm like I need a break and I'll pick it up like the next day or yeah. whatever. But I don't sit there. You know, I, I tend to, especially during the week, I'm definitely not sitting there for hours and hours because I'm working. And then once I get off, once I'm done with work and I sign off. We usually go out, mm-hmm. do something, right? So I think that's important. Like, especially yeah. you got to pick your, pick your battle, so to speak. You know, you got to, and I wouldn't, I see my kids, man. I, they, I can't, I'm surprised they haven't burnt yes. out. These dudes, they just, they go at it hard, man. I think that they, <laughs> I just, but by the time they're 21, I'm, I'm thinking they're just going to be like, yo, I can't look at another video game again. Man. <laughs> they just had so much exposure to this stuff. Yeah. I mean, there was, so there was many a night though. back in the day where I would see the sun come up, right? Like, I, we, yeah. we've all been there, I'm sure. Yeah. And yep. I yep. think that, I think it, ultimately what it is, is, you know, it's an escape. It should be entertaining. Yeah. It should be fun. Unless you've made this your job somehow, know that it's always okay to just step away from it. Like the at the, yeah. the day, and I feel like a lot, like social media does do a lot to sort of encourage this kind of behavior is you always want to be up on everything. You always want to be in the know. You always want to be having the discussion when it's happening. Like when a new game comes out, you want to play it as fast as you can so you know everything that happens and you can talk to your friends about it and you can talk to other people about it and you're always, you're never missing out. And that, that really like, I mean, it'll burn you because like games are becoming these like very long bloated open world experiences and it's just not feasible to always be that guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, guys, let's wrap it up one yep. more. We'll, uh, we'll try and keep it short here because we're pretty much out of time. <laughs> Thunder Force One from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. He's asked, what have been your favorite games to play this year? Um, I'll start it off. And I think you guys might know what I'm going to say. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so pleased. I'm pleased this punch that Jeff has picked this game up recently. Oh, here we go. It's, it's got to be Factorio. Here we go. I, <laughs> what a delight that game was, man. Like, it, it was just, I, it's not just the game itself, but I have a lot of kind of fond memories associated with it because I was playing it mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, I was playing it here and there, like on when we had downtime while I was in Japan. And yeah. so my wife would come up and she's like, how's your factory doing? And then I would tell her all about the factory and all the horrible things that I was doing to the natives and the environment and we'd laugh and, and so on. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, be, besides the fact that it was like this new gaming experience um, for me, it also like some some fun memories associated with it. I have I have all day long for Factorio and I can't wait to talk with Jeff about it like all the time. So there you go. <laughs> Anthony. Um, I, I would say the most fun I've had this year, and this is so basic, but like I said to my original point, I ain't got so much, I only have so much time, but Streets of Rage 4 was just, man, that was just so good much one, fun. Good one, good one, Yeah. That was just so much fun. <laughs> like, I just couldn't stop playing it. I, I, my kids got into it. I'm playing online with my boys. Like, nice. they, they, yeah, and that game was just so damn, to me, 
they could have just messed that game up so bad, but they didn't. It was so great. It was good to get back into Streets of Rage 4. And, like, oh, man, I, I don't – yeah, that's it. That's right now that is my favorite game so far this nice. year. Nice. Ozzy? I don't have one. <laughs> I Honestly, I, I've been a promiscuous <laughs> gamer. Ooh, you know, Ooh for the last fresh. I, uh, I am a WAP gamer. <laughs> uh, so, um, I no, I, I don't really – None of them really come to mind. I I, I played through Dark yep. Souls too, as you guys know, and uh, that's not a caring game. And I love that game. It it was absolutely amazing. I spent a ton of time with it, um, and it was great. Even though it's not a recent game, but I I loved it. Right now I'm playing ah, through. It doesn't Dark- have to be a recent game. Just whatever you've played this year. Yeah. So and, and now I'm playing through Dark Souls one, and <laughs> I'm loving it as well. So I yeah. I mean I, I the classics. <laughs> That's I guess the modern classics is uh, is what I would say. Um, but nothing you know that is current. Nothing from this year. I haven't played Ghost of Tsushima or any yeah. of the other big ones that yeah. have come out this year. It, it's just it does it doesn't interest me. It doesn't call out to me. So. Um, yeah, and you know, Samurai Showdown. That's been a, a ton of fun. You know, that has been a great experience with friends. So you know, I, I just don't have one that comes to mind as saying, you know, this is the game that yeah, I find this year for me. Arnie, um, I inadvertently prepared myself for this question because this year I was trying to write down every game that I beat, um, just because I feel like I I always give myself a hard time for not not sort of playing as much as I buy. Um, and so this, this has sort of been a good exercise for me to look back and be like, no, I've, I've played definitely way too much. Like I should, (laughs) I should pare this down a little bit. Um, but looking through the list, honestly, like the ones there's a, there's a few that jump out at me. None of them current, just like Ozzy, but judgment is, is the one that I definitely Mm. spent the most time with and that I had the most fun during that time um overall though i would say and i and i keep beating this drum and i think i will i will continue to do so is the psvr has really been the accessory of the year for me um i've bought i bought so many like now when i go to gamestop or when i'm somewhere out if i see a psvr game and it's under a certain amount of money i will immediately pick it up um you know uh beat saber has been amazing you know i've loved every second of it super hot i've gotten super into now um uh, i just bought wolfenstein cyber pilot where you pilot a giant mech um and that's been incredibly fun as well i haven't gotten too too deep into that one but i don't know there's just something about it like even uh wipeout uh omega collection in vr that was great i just bought ace combat 7 that i haven't played yet but i plan to very soon like i'm just having a blast just picking up all these vr experiences cool man you know what you would love arnie (laughs) breath of the wild (laughs) (laughs) never heard of it (laughs) (laughs) all right guys that uh that pretty much wraps it up for us um thank you again to everyone for sending us these questions like these are man these are like these are a good questions and b a really fun episode yeah. So I'm amazed we got through them. Man. I know. I actually Ooh. thought we'd have to do like two parts, honestly, because I saw yeah. some of these questions and it's like, 
like the the diversity in gaming question that's like that's almost a freaking episode that's a whole man, episode we really want it yeah heavy sweaty i was like oh <laughs> actually maybe this is a terrible moment this is a terrible moment to say that you're listening to the director's cut yeah. version there's an extended <laughs> cut version that is about five hours long um kind of like blade no Runner, i saw it still has no, a he did see it. um oh you all right, that's a that's a yeah, topic. Yeah, we gotta wrap it up we, now. We, gotta, we can't. We can't. <laughs> yeah. I saw Dune the other day. I'll never see that movie again. Terrible what? movie. Anyway, oh my god! Oh my god! Wow. We have to. But we have to end the episode now. You, you are fired. We gotta end that cliffhanger. That's a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening again. Don't forget to rate and review the show on your podcast platform of choice. Five stars, please. Uh, you can talk to us at Region Free Gamers Podcast on Instagram. On Twitter, we are at Region Free Gamer. Additionally, Patreon slash Region Free Gamers. Feel free to hit us up there. If you want to contribute, that'd be awesome. And if you don't, hey, we're just happy that you're listening to the show, and that's great. Yep. RegionFreeGamers.com as well. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think that pretty <laughs> much covers it. So hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for joining me here. Peace.